No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Dooley Boogie podcast. How the fuck are you? Hope you're doing well out there. It's been a couple of weeks. Good to see you. We've got a lot to get through tonight. Very special show tonight. Welcoming back an, an old friend back into the fold, back into the mix, back into the war. The culture war. Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast. We're going to have a bit of fun. We're going to return to Libertopia, where it all began, where we're all headed. So, let me tell you something. If you're an enemy of freedom, you don't want to be watching tonight, my friend. Yeah! As you can see, we're coming in hot with the Dinesh D'Souza-level hot takes here tonight on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. So much to get through. If you're a fan of crazy protesters, don't worry. Here at here at Boogie Bumper Enterprises, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. We've got a couple of crazy protesters. Not the usual ones you would have thought. Yes, pop in the chat. War. The culture war. The culture war and so much more. That's what you get here on this little show. Without further ado, let me introduce our guest, our... Our friendo for this evening, Mr. America, to be the truth. How the fuck are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. I am doing amazing. I am so glad to be here. I've missed you so much, Boogie. I've I've needed oh. the Australian authenticity from your voice, uh, and it feels good to hear it again. Yeah. yeah the, that's the first time my voice has been called authentic, believe it or not. Never Sorry, heard. That, that phony ass Australian that's accent, because as you admitted, Australia is nothing more than a right wing conspiracy. Correct. Australia, it's a concept as an island, it does not exist. It is a figment of the imagination of the white supremacists, the right wing extremists. Uh, many of whom listen to this program, by the way, Mr. America, even though I've repeatedly tried to kind of push that element out of the audience. You know, we don't want any racists hanging around here, do we? We're not into that. You're just too damn attractive. I mean, that's what this it's is. True. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> see, why can't, see, already best guest we've ever had on the show. Thanks so much, Mr. America. <laughs> Uh, how the before we get into too much, you know, what? How's everyone? How's the fam? Everything good? Everything going well? What's going on? Everything's been really good. So I think it's been well. It's been a couple of years as we figured out. Yeah. Um, you know, I I became a, a chair for my county for the Libertarian Party All because right. you know you're not a real not a real Libertarian until you become a chair. Okay. Uh, is I that is that the rule inside? That. Sorry, we have to address that. Is is that the rule inside? Is that like an unspoken rule in the libertarian movement, or is it you know on the books? Like you're not officially. It's like the citizenship, isn't it? In Starship Troopers, it's the it's the unofficial thing that you just if you, if you're going to be a libertarian, you have to hate yourself enough ah, to to yes. go and be an authority figure as That's you true. try to push freedom. It's 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 a complete contradiction. So I quickly resigned from that position, got hired on, started working in politics full time, decided that back surgery was for me, and uh, ah, well got, done. 
<laughs> got moved out of that so um yeah been been doing everything i can just continuing to be an activist and an advocate for everything liberty and uh getting pies in my face for it every day since Fantastic. so it's been good so you're been earning great. it oh that's good to hear well congratulations everybody mr america to be the truth joining us uh former libertarian chair and therefore more important than you that's how we roll here on this show that's it yeah so you sought power <laughs> you sought power to eliminate people having too much power then exactly okay exactly just, just wanted to clear that up because that will come we, up we in wanna, the chat along with yeah, the usual like take over the world yeah yeah who's gonna pay for the roads will be another one that you'll probably get uh thrown oh, away yeah my roads yeah nice. you know we got to take over the world so we can set everyone free it's a weird contradiction but it's okay we're we've got the guns to make it happen <laughs> but you'll never use them you see because taking life would be you know against the rules and the yeah you know, and the non-aggression principle so we kind of have to we as libertarians what we have to do is basically coax people into attacking us <laughs> so we can use our rights our god-given rights to defend ourselves you know we kind of have to angle it a little bit to get what we want i think yeah, no, and that's it. It's just all messaging. It's all just phrasing and and changing the camera angle just enough to where it looks like they're the aggressor, and then yes, all exactly. A little bit of creative editing goes a long way. That's all I'm saying out there when it comes to the fight for freedom and the culture. Whoa. Um, speaking of awareness campaigns, I know you're a fan of awareness campaigns, Mr. America. We've spoken about it before many times. We just you know get together and talk about how we're going to change opinions how we're going to change the world and every now and then you've got to tip your hat to somebody who's doing a good job in this field in the in the activist field you might say um mm -hmm. i came across this the other day this wins the award for most woke activism so first of all congratulations for winning that award generation hope that's an incredible award it is it's it's <laughs> sought after isn't it and it's a competitive field, let's be honest, in the most woke activist category. I mean, it's stacked. A lot of talent in there. Uh, Generation Hope markets these, quote, inspiring videos to change makers. So we've we've moved on from the influencer term. Now we celebrate the change makers, okay? <laughs> Just note that down in your books. Uh, like the diversity, equity, and inclusion departments, okay? So this is a, a piece of activist artistic filmmaking, I guess you'd say. Um, you know, to inspire change makers. Let's have a look. Those monkeys are back at it again. I'll teach them a lesson they won't forget. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, this woman just happens to be carrying a whip around in her purse, Mr. Amir. It's a part of survival kit of 2022. You got to have the whip. Now, it's even though there is a black guy playing basketball, it does look like an okay neighborhood, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, look at the vehicles back there. With the gas prices the way they are, this yeah. is clearly a very affluent neighborhood. Yeah, people are driving, obviously. <laughs> this must be where the millionaires live. <laughs> Which would make this young man like probably the adopted son of, you know, a brain surgeon or something who lives in the area, who, you know, driving. Because there's, I see a couple of SUVs in that parking lot. So not only are the cars driving, but they're driving big cars. You know, they, they don't care about petrol prices in these neighborhoods. And that's a Jeep Patriot. So that's a real American hero right there. American so. Patriot. The Patriot. Is, is the car really called the Patriot, is it? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the Jeep Patriot. The I Jeep think, Patriot. Uh, they're in the white. <laughs> That's adorable. We we need the Ministry of Truth <laughs> to verify that for me, but um. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll get to the Ministry of Truth. I've got some Ministry of Truth stuff for you. But oh, yeah. perfect. So okay, so she's just casually walking, strolling, taking a nice stroll in the park, where she comes across uh, a young, you know, African American individual playing playing a little bit of ball out on the courts in the open air courts, Mister America. And, um, you know, it just happens to have the whip handy right there, ready to go. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going to suggest, now this could be way off, I'm going to suggest that she has, you know, in some way instigated here. <laughs> Would that be a fair way to approach this? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he was dribbling the basketball a little bit too hard. And, travel! Um, travel! Damn it! <laughs> Foul! Fuck me! Play cleaner. You you think she's just a basketball enthusiast? <laughs> she she might yeah she's she's trying out to become the next uh well you know in the NFL they just got the first uh female referee so now she's okay. trying to yeah so maybe maybe I I don't know enough about the NBA but maybe they need a, a new solid uh, female lead role and she's showing that she's got the initiative the assertiveness to step out <laughs> anytime and every time there's a foul coming up. <laughs> That's it. She's going to whip him into shape. Pardon me. Hey! What did I tell you criminals about coming back to my neighborhood? Oh, damn, girl. Wow. <laughs> She's a feisty one. Oh. I, can, I, I imagine there's a lot of people in the chat going, you know, <laughs> wow, wife. <laughs> because, like, as I said in the intro, Jason, there's a lot of white supremacists and right-wing extremists that listen to this show. Even though we've tried to flush them out repeatedly, we just can't get rid of them. It, the intolerance, you see. Oh, no, Roy, let's just get out of here. No, Vince. No, Vince. I won't let her ruin our fun. Yeah. <laughs> listen, lady, we aren't breaking any laws. That it's the listen, lady. Having fun here at the park. I won't let you intimidate us anymore. Whoa, don't get so aggressive, bro. I mean, chill out. She is a woman, you know. And if 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 she is trying to fulfill this referee role, mm. I here's the one challenge I've always had for the for the uh, the paraplegic um, basketball scene yeah. is technically they're always traveling, so. <laughs> So you, so you think the very premise that basketball is founded on means that they couldn't possibly be playing basketball because, you know, technically... You can't change up the rules for anybody. I mean, we, we need to have equality. Rules across the board for everybody. They're not In that case, with the, you know, the Bearded Truth new disabled basketball rules, it would just be constantly one team throwing the ball to the other team and then travel, and then they throw it back, throw the ball back to the other guys. And then, all right, play, travel, throw it back. <laughs> and that would just, they would just keep throwing the ball to each other for 40 minutes and then it would be game over. Nobody could score because as soon as you touch the ball, of course, when you're in a wheelchair, you'd be traveling. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, you know, this way you have the equality between the genders. So the male paraplegics would never score any points and the WNBA would have the same points as well. It'd be great. You know, I, and I think they do very well, you know, the, the wheelchair basketball players for people who can't even dunk, you know. I mean, they're probably more entertaining than the women, let's be honest here. What are you, what's your view on um, transgendered individuals playing in respective sports? What's the Libertarian Party view? Are you, do you, uh, you know, is, is that one that's kind of 
does it create a lot of to and fro within the libertarian ranks? Is that one of those moral dilemma questions or? It's it's one of those questions that you can really find where somebody's roots comes from. But for me, as a as a principled, upstanding libertarian, as being quoted as being a real libertarian one time, which is I don't believe them. Um, you know the stance is yeah yeah, um, well deserved clearly. But um, from that, it was my stance is is to privatize these competitions and if you have a, a a league that allows for transgender people to play in those ranks then they're probably going to end up playing against only other transgender people mm. and no one's arguably going to fund that because you're either going to watch the male league or the female league um okay. when they they have that exclusion so you just let the market decide but right now we have government <laughs> doing what government does best Funding, pumping a lot of sponsorship dollars into NFL and NASCAR and all sorts of shit. So you're taking the private company bro angle <laughs> to transgendered Always. athletes in sports. So I can't, I can't, you know what? I can kind of get down with it. So we turn, let's say we turn the NBA into a private company. It has no government ties whatsoever. It's Elon, how about this? Elon Musk buys the NBA, okay? And then Elon says, all right. We're just going to have one open platform where everybody can play against each other and we're not going to favor anybody. And then we'll sort, everybody will sort themselves out. So, of course, you know, uh, it'll be mostly men and then a few transgendered athletes competing and probably no cisgendered women competing at all because, you know, they'd obviously be a lot slower yeah. and weaker than the men would. So, that would eliminate the equality discussion right there and then. And, and then if anybody were to complain about that, we would, of course, turn around and say, sorry, private company, bro. If you don't like it, go and start your own NBA. <laughs> and, mean, and I'm sure that that would be the response is that they would, there would be somebody else going, let's make our own. And then yeah. the market would decide for us inevitably. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's foolproof. Everything works out perfectly. Nothing bad could possibly happen. Nothing bad could ever Never come Never been a problem with the market. Yeah. yeah. Look, as you know, on this show, ladies and gentlemen, I am very pro-transgender athletes competing in their respective sports because I think I'm not going to be satisfied until women's sports is basically dominated by transgendered athletes. And I think we're not going far enough. I think we need to ensure the safety of transgendered athletes by doing things like removing cisgendered women from the female changing rooms because their presence makes it uncomfortable for the transgendered athletes in the female changing rooms. So. We could start there with you ladies. A little less bigotry, a little more tolerance. So, fantastic woke stuff there. Speaking of Elon Musk, I thought I'd put this in front of you, Mr. America. This is from our friends at the Washington Post. Musk doesn't own Twitter yet, but conservatives are racking up followers. Have you been racking up followers? I guess you wouldn't because you're not a conservative. I, no, but it was um, to this point. So we were talking about this in the pre-show for a brief moment. When Elon Musk announced that he was taking over Twitter, immediately that day, the algorithm changed. We saw some of the massive platforms, some of the mass or pers uh, personalities, they were gaining massive numbers of followers. Um, smaller people like me, you know, I gained like 200. So, I mean, I was doing fantastic. I've now got 201 followers, so it's fantastic. I'm happy, yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. Um, but they changed the algorithm to where conservatives could be seen. And it was all, it was a cover-up. But anyways, I'll, I digress. <laughs> That's quite the digress. Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump Jr. and Republican lawmakers are seeing their follower count spike 
while Democrats are on the decline. So not only are the Conservatives getting more popular, you see, but the Democrats are getting less popular. Now, of course, as you know, Mr. America, that would present many challenges for the Democrat-minded out there. They would not like that situation one bit, would they? Because they kind oh, of want to be the popular ones. You know, they're the cool kids. They're the ones we're supposed to flock to and listen to, the enlightened ones amongst us. They know what's best for everybody. So, of course, you should they're be They're the ones attention. in touch. That's right. Yeah. Hours after Twitter accepted Elon Musk's bid to buy the company, Fox News host Tucker Carlson called the sale the biggest political development since Donald Trump won the presidency. <laughs> you just became a little more powerful, Carlson told his millions of viewers after the deal was announced. It's that simple and it's that profound. Indeed, Carlson was about to get a little more powerful himself. Since April 25, the day Twitter accepted Musk's offer, his Twitter followers have jumped, listen to this, Mr. America, more than 230,000. How about that, eh? Dun, dun, dun. Because you see, we can't have we can't have people like Tucker Carlson getting momentum. We, we must not allow that. If that happens, then of course the sky will fall in. But Carlson's gain is one of several early signs that Musk's takeover is already shifting the dynamics of one of the most influential social networks in the country. Remember a couple of years ago when they were saying that, oh, look, all of these claims about bias on social media, they're pure garbage. That would never happen. Do you remember that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I and then and then they pulled in people, uh, you know, after the 2016 election, they pulled in the, the figureheads of all these social media accounts and said, you guys aren't doing enough in order to fight against disinformation. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it was it was just this big push. And so, you know, with that with that 230,000 growth for for uh, Tucker Carlson, um, one of my favorite tweets that I've seen, um, I, sadly, I can't verify because every time I've seen it, it was it was um, blurred out as to who was tweeting it. But it was a, a left wing person, supposedly, yeah. that was like, I lost half of my followers. Uh-huh. And it's all because of this this quote unquote bot purge, and they were like, I didn't realize I was just speaking out to a bunch of bots, and it's like, it's the only people who want to listen to you. <laughs> I, I I've been thinking, what if what would happen, say, if Elon Musk now backs out of buying Twitter, citing the fact that he's discovered that like let's say twenty or thirty percent of the user base are actually bots, and I I have a feeling that that would you know, start a chain reaction of events that would lead to Twitter just going bankrupt and filing for bankruptcy because every company that's ever spent money there in advertising would cite, you know, false figures in terms of audience and whatnot and the amount that they paid. So they'd all be lining up legally to file against Twitter and they'd have to lock the doors or something. And, you know, I look forward to that. Ironically, I think the best outcome for free speech would be if Twitter was eradicated off the internet. (laughs) I don't know about you. That's where I sit. I, I'm I'm indifferent to it all, and and I think that one of the great things about that uh, that theory is that he kind of did that with Dogecoin. He was like, "Look at me, I'm buying into Dogecoin. Dogecoin, he buys into it, it flies out out the market, and everyone's like, oh, hold on to it, it's going to the moon.'" And he's like, "Yeah, fuck this," and he pulls out, and just everyone's devastated because they didn't pull out before him. So, I would people bought into Twitter since then. Hmm. People have, you know. Just to watch, like the the hopes who get built up, the the hopes and dreams just get inflated in such a way that we have free speech on a platform now. And then he goes, "Yeah, fuck that, I'm done." 
see ya. I'm out of here. There's too many bots. Sorry, guys. You can you can have it. And then everybody pulls out all their money and it goes through the toilet. And everyone's dreams are shattered yet again. And that's what we do this show for, Jason. Like That's what we live for here on this program is to see the hopes and dreams of ordinary folk be dashed over and over and over again. And they still believe in the system and the politics. So we love oh. it. Uh, other influential figures saw similar spark, uh, spikes. Donald Trump Jr. God amassed nearly 600,000 followers, an 8% increase. Raising his follower count to more than 8.1 million, Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio followers on Twitter increased by more than 300,000 in less than three weeks. Senator Ted Cruz gained nearly 250,000 followers, or victims as they're otherwise known, during that same time frame. Now, I've got a couple of things here that I've highlighted for your attention, Mr. America Bit of Truth, and I want to get your opinion on on this. (laughs) Quote, The change is happening in the crucial months before the 2022 midterms when a shift in Twitter use could shape the national political debate and media coverage of the races. (laughs) How do you like that, eh? It's it's so it's the tone deaf thing that we've been accustomed yeah. to and used to, yeah. uh, you know, because you covered COVID, I covered COVID, everybody was covering COVID, and we're like, yeah, this is this is a largely a farce in the way that governments have been handling this, and and people have been deplatformed, people have been banned, people have been you know just silenced, and and the idea that if you allow for more speech, it's somehow hurtful towards <laughs> one group or another group yes. specifically. Democrats. Dangerous, um, you see. Hurtful, d- dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, all the bad words. Yeah. I probably should have sent it to you, but the White House had a tweet yesterday that Joe Biden, before he, or before Joe Biden came into office, there was no vaccines. Okay. And then also no that there was millions of, of people unemployed, but now mm. there's a large reduction. And, and the fact checkers, if they gave a damn, would have seen that Joe Biden was vaccinated as president-elect i.e he lied or the white house lied and the second thing is that there's almost six million people in america unemployed right now so there's still millions they don't really like it when you could speak out against them which is why you know later on as you said we're going to talk a little bit about the ministry of truth yes free speech hurts the government every single time Yes, but have you also considered the idea, Jason, now hear me out here, what if you were just an extremist? Have you considered that? You might just be a fundamentalist extremist. You probably don't care about hurting people and offending people and oppressing people either, do you? I mean, you'd be a whipcracker, wouldn't you? Honestly. Yeah, exactly. John Brennan called my entire ideology a terrorist or uh, ideology so terrorist. clearly i am okay. yeah I, i'm clearly a terrorist and Obviously. an extremist yes of course you got one of those gadsden flags don't you i mean that's a clear indicator right there is it not i have that in the thin blue line flag right next to it it's oh, it's no. uh, it's not a contradiction at all isn't it <laughs> <laughs> they're here to protect my rights don't worry we'll get to that Uh, So now we're admitting that Twitter is in fact important when it comes to shaping elections because, of course, that wasn't the case previously uh, when the Democrats were winning elections. It definitely says something about the possible future of Twitter, said Daryl Linville, an associate professor at the Clemson University Media Forensics Hub. Quote, you're going to see a spike in conservative users. Several high-profile conservative users baselessly attributed the sudden boost to the company treating conservatives' accounts differently the instant the must deal was announced. 
and then <laughs> you'll appreciate this, Jason. Twitter declined to comment on the claims, but has previously said that it does not make content moderation decisions based on political ideology. Well, that's reassuring, isn't it? <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's so good. So <laughs> quick thing, Clemson University is actually is less than an hour from my home. So it's amazing that somebody from there is, is talking about this. Yeah. yeah, but of course there's going to be a spike in conservative voices because there has been clearly a bias pushed against this, right? When I was on Twitter before, I couldn't get very far unless I had, you know, some bigger profiles help retweet or everything else. Otherwise, I was not showing up on anybody's feeds. And I, Twitter can do what the hell it wants to do. I want to have a comp competitive market. So that's why I'm accepting new Twitter as it is now. But Twitter also went before Congress and testified under oath with a threat of perjury that they were not doing any of this. So it's kind of interesting ah. that Elon Musk buys Twitter or that the deal is announced. There's a, a, a rapid change in the, the ways that it's functioning. You've got now Democrats losing views. They're not trending as far. They're not getting as many likes. They're not getting as many retweets. Conservatives are getting more of this and libertarians for being the extremist terrorist uh, ideology that Brennan says we are we're even getting more views and, and being seen more so yeah clearly Twitter is in the right here um, they didn't do anything wrong and <laughs> and equal footing is, is just terrible for de for democracy for republics and everything else and so we really just need democrats to win every way Please. from every yeah. every angle absolutely yeah you bring up an you're making up a really good point and the way you laid it out there jesus it's so fucking it's so fucking clear as day um you know what what, what was that fucking timeline again you know they he announces he's going to buy twitter then rapidly you see like these vast changes in people's like old accounts start reappearing the same day, uh, tw follow accounts go through the roof. Old accounts start reappearing. Then we see these stories like Democrats are less popular. Conservatives all of a sudden are, are getting all of these huge followings. So you think whatever algorithmic thing they had in place, the day that the sale was announced, maybe that's why we heard employees crying on the phone because they knew they were fucked, maybe, perhaps. Um and you think maybe they turn the switch off and it's like, oh, okay, we better stop with all of our bullshit now just while people are going to be paying attention to what we're doing for a change. And you think that might be the reason? I mean, that's a very good theory. That's probably one of the better ones I've heard. You know, it makes sense. What? Comes from the libertarian. Of course it makes sense. <laughs> we're extremists for a reason. But, <clears throat> but there's so much to support that. So I came on a completely, and, and for any of anyone who's big into tech they understand the algorithm the day that it happened i said all right coming back to twitter i made a tweet and instantly i mean instantly i was already getting likes and retweets that's something that you know before this change had come about i would ask people hey have you seen any of my tweets and they're like no i have to go to your profile so there was some kind of skewing now now the question and the concern that i have about this is when elon comes into his quote-unquote throne over twitter yes. um did they conceal it enough that it can't be found or is he going to be able to fly a, a, a space shuttle into the the changes that were made like and, and blow it all yeah. up and yeah <laughs> absolutely is he going to be able to bring it all down from the inside you think he might do that just through ineptitude as well we can't rule that out like i mean 
for all of the... Remember, they were just celebrating Elon Musk only a couple of years ago as, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's a visionary, one of these billionaire entrepreneur visionaries because that's when he was building solar panel farms and shit. Now he's buying Twitter. All of a sudden, he's a, a white supremacist yet again and, and all of this stuff. So it does get a little bit crazy out there. Uh, several high-profile conservatives, and this is why this is the third reason I think why your theory is accurate. Several high-profile conservative users baselessly attributed the sudden boost to the company treating conservative accounts differently to the instant the Must deal was announced. So, the fact that the Washington Post is telling me that no, no, it had nothing to do with the announcement—that's <laughs> enough to make me, the cynical peasant here, think. Oh shit! It's probably got something to do with the announcement. Am I am I wrong? Is that am I a little too cynical, or should I just believe what the Washington Post is telling me? If we just believe what the media is telling us, the world is a much better place. That's it's all true. we have to do. <laughs> That's right. It's only the fourth branch of government. If you just believe everything they say, life will be so much better. Just hunker down because there's COVID somewhere in the world. Yes. Don't go outside. Don't talk to your grandmother. You can't even do it through a phone anymore. Don't because talk COVID to your might grandmother. Make it through. <laughs> in fact, just listen to the media. <laughs> That's right. In fact, Twitter temporarily suspended Carlson's account in March after he insinuated now this is going to give you an indication of the accuracy of the washington post okay so just before we dismiss them outright let's give them a chance to redeem themselves in fact twitter temporarily suspended carlson's account in march after he insinuated rachel levine the nation's highest ranking openly transgender woman was a man okay. he insinuated a better one was the Babylon Bee, and they got banned for outright giving uh, Rachel Levine a metaphorical Man of the Year man award. Of the year award. Um, That's right. That was, and it, it showed right the idea that free speech should be allowed. I'm 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 free speech absolutist, right? I, of course, as you guys know, libertarians, we don't care about limitations. No. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to find things offensive and, and there's plenty of people that are going to get their, their feathers ruffled and that's fine. Um, just simmer your jimmies and you can move on with life. You can scroll on. Well, I mean, but Carlson's, Carlson's crime here, like unlike the Babylon Bee who, you know, said man of the year. Remember, this is this is the quote. He insinuated Rachel Levine the nation's highest ranking openly transgender woman was a man. That was just an insinuation he makes. So he didn't even openly claim it. He didn't assume anybody's gender. However, uh, one of his comments was interpreted to insinuate something else. And that was enough to remove him. Meanwhile, uh, the reason I highlighted these two paragraphs here is that's two paragraphs apart. You know, two paragraphs ago, you're being told this... This idea that conservatives have somehow been, you know, held back on Twitter. I mean, that is such a fabrication. That's a baseless accusation, okay? And then two, two, two paragraphs later, they're proudly boasting about how they were managed, you know, they managed to get one of the biggest kind of right-wing media figures off the platform for a period of time because he insinuated that someone was a man. I mean, it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> It's important the way that they phrase that as well, because this was so much more into the culture war and, and culture you know, as you phrase it. War. Thank you. And, it's our word uh, of the night. Because this is this is 
phrasing it in a way that he is counterculture, right? The culture, Americans all accept that somebody who is transgender hmm. is is now a transgender woman. And this is this is the highest ranking transgender woman in the nation. And Bravo, he dared. Yeah, exactly. Show some respect the culture here and so you know they've they've got to put this on like a badge of honor like no it's not because he's conservative but it's because he's against your culture ah oh, that's true yeah he's an anti-cultural he wants to eradicate culture he wants to eliminate it wipe it off the face of the earth he's a genocidal maniac basically in a suit and tie so there you go must doesn't own twitter yet but conservatives are racking up followers in a similar vein i thought you might appreciate this because you know you were talking about the robustness of free speech earlier mm -hmm. and how much you enjoy that kind of to and fro well i thought you might think then that brianna Wu, uh this is the quote from Blo bloomberg technology brianna Wu, who survived the gamergate trolls she's a survivor jason of the gamergate times i mean she Brian survived times. Brian times. yeah so this is right up your alleys, you see, because she survived trolls during Gamergate. So she's going to give you a tip here about how to deal with trolls. <laughs> uh, tells Elon Musk, listen to the pros. She also tells Emily Chang TV why she's concerned that he, Twitter, that Elon Musk is on a political crusade. <laughs> They're concerned that Elon is doing this for political reasons, if you believe them. <laughs> Because we wouldn't want that. Because, you know, the accusations oh. before that Twitter has been used as some kind of political weapon, I mean, that's just baseless right-wing conspiracy theory. That's not the case at all. But now that Elon Musk looks like he may be purchasing Twitter, well, now I'm a little concerned that this is some kind of political crusade. <laughs> a political crusade to crusade. level the playing field for all to be heard. Oh, how... No haunting how terrifying i'm shaking in my gamergate boots i won't i won't hear this crap about free speech somehow not being terroristic i won't allow it we need to regulate speech you know very strictly we need to control speech in order to protect freedom and democracy don't worry we'll get to the disinformation board later that's an actual quote by the way i'm just teasing you up for what's to come let's have a look at this though how do you survive them if you could give Elon Musk some advice, what would it be? I think the main thing I would say is... And yes, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching at home, bold frame glasses yet again, every single time. Every single time. There we have it. Listen to the professionals on the trust and safety team. I cannot emphasize to you enough, these are data-driven professionals. They're not ideologues. <laughs> data-driven professionals down there at Twitter. Mr. America, comment. <laughs> They're driven by the data that they would like. Of course, yes. Data driven. Uh, we agree. It's it's a beautiful. Now, we just disagree on should the data be truthful and free or should it be construed Hidden. and be the goal? Yes, that's right. Should the data be should the data be open and free or should it be used to control you and your actions? and politically suppress any opposition. I mean, it's a tight one. I, I, you know, I flip-flop, I don't know. Both have their pros and cons, right? Because <laughs> I mean, like, what say, you know, you might be in favor of, put it Happy in the chat. Hanukkah, hey. Hanukkah. Oh. Oh. 
it's not reading it out, but I'll read it. Radio Foreman Static Void says, I'll call Elon Musk a free speech hero the day I can drop a hard R nigger on Twitter. There you go. There you go. I think that's a that's a halfway decent, you know, because you've got to have standards, don't you, Jason? And I mean, when you can say the hard R on Twitter, that's when you'll support him as the new CEO. Fair enough. I think fair deal. If that floats you, I think June 10th, the new terms and condition comes out. And I think that that might be acceptable under those. Yeah. Hopefully they spell it out in the, in the terms and conditions. <laughs> Words aloud. Here you go. Look, if, if somebody leaked from Twitter HQ that they dropped a hard R somewhere in the terms and conditions, it would be the first time that everybody reads the terms and conditions. So, you know, there are opportunities. That's all I'm saying back to this they sit there and they, they comb through literally large reams of data every single day trying to figure out how to make the product better yeah. uh what the short well you know what makes the product better removing right-wing people from it <laughs> yeah if you just have exactly what you want for a yeah. customer base and you just excise and, and remove everyone else it's a, it's a perfect product yeah what more could you want look Look, there's no bias here politically or anything like that, but we do, we have done studies that which prove that, you know, conservatives are not fun to be around. And therefore, if they are here, they hurt our product because of their bigotry and their, you know, archaic views. So we like to move them on. Upcomings are, it's almost like cyber warfare in a sense, you know, uh, where you have trolls. It's, it's, it's cyber warfare. <laughs> Warfare. Trolls on Twitter is cyber warfare. Now who sounds like an insurrectionist? Hmm? Fair in a sense, you know, uh, where you have trolls poking at the defenses of Twitter's uh, trust and safety policies right, all day yeah. and trying to figure out how to get around it. I would say listen to those professionals. What concerns uh, me is judging from this professionals. Yes, because they're data-driven professionals, you see. They're not ideologues in any way, shape or form. And obviously, you know, the wisdom, the eternal wisdom of the trust and safety board at Twitter, that must not be questioned either, you know, because as you know, when you come up with rules, nobody ever tries to find a loophole, right? <laughs> that never happens, generally. Never. Never, ever. And, you know, to insinuate that people would be out there, you know, I guess we here at Twitter feel like we can solve everything with more rules, right? So we just keep coming up with more rules and more rules and as the things change the threats change we need more rules to deal with them and then we need rules to govern the other rules that we've already ruled over and i think i think we just keep doing more rules to it and eventually it'll be okay i think that's the way we think here at twitter and you know clearly of it's course working yeah. you know we're all looking for people are all looking for those holes but we also had you know just that donation that you'd received yeah. of looking for the lane in which we can actually glorify somebody so like, give me the lane where i could do this um it's a little wider than than a hole so i, I wouldn't use the same um descriptor but <laughs> it's, it seems like he's coming in with basically a political uh a, a political crusade <laughs> a political crusade a crusade Good choice of words there too. Got to make it a little religious because the crusade does tend to trigger people. So that he's trying to bring to the platform, rather than just trying to empower his professionals that are trying to solve this from a non-political point of view. Ah, oh, okay. So mm. he's he's on a crusade, whereas the previous, you know, 
uh, people running Twitter and owning Twitter, while they were doing it for the right reasons, they're just data-driven professionals and politics has got nothing to do with it. Incidentally, we did cover on the last show I did two weeks ago, the woman who was crying on the phone during the Twitter call about the Elon Musk takeover, uh, the legal representative, she was, uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago, three years ago, in the New Yorker magazine, and it was boastfully telling its audience how progressive, you know, activist progressive change is coming to Twitter and this is the woman driving that change, you know, and it was like a promotional piece about how Twitter is changing and it's being more progressive and more inclusive and it's all because of her, like congratulations, we love her. And now here they are at this point in time going, look, we've never been about the politics. I don't know what you crazy idiots out there, you peasants out there, you trolls out there are thinking, spreading your disinformation, but we're just data-driven professionals. We only care about the data, honesty, truth, freedom, and I mean, you disinformation troll networks out there, I mean, you've got a lot to answer for. We won't tolerate that kind of shit. They're openly telling you that to your face. They don't care. If the information comes out and it's against their narrative, it always comes from Russia. Of Russia, I would love to see the printing press over there to see what they're printing and, and distributing out because I, I think that the Federal Reserve's money printer may be actually outworking that in some way. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's a very, very narrow race and we don't know who's going to outperform who. Speaking of Vladimir Putin and Russia, you might appreciate well, this. Well, Fiona, I think, puts into uh, undeniable and uncomfortable reality for Republicans is that everything about January 6th made everything about invading Ukraine easier for Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing that the FBI was already proven to be a part of I believe that there was everything. a CIA. <laughs> you made ev you made everything, with. yeah. No, no, the, not, uh, not that not that thing the FBI was a part of. No, I think you mean everything that's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, but but with January sixth, where the police were allowing people into the into the Capitol right. and and to create a bigger scene. Yeah. This is how Putin had a path forward it wasn't because we had an incompetent uh commander-in-chief who uh, you know left 80 billion dollars worth of military equipment on the on the ground on the tarmacs for uh isis to pick up no no it, it, charity, it was clearly man. because it was clearly because of these people at the capitol at the capitol january way 6th. worse than 9-11 yeah, way was... worse than 9-11 and, and yet again baked alaska is fucking going to ruin the world yet again for the third or fourth time now Yes, in case you missed it, just to be sure. Well, Fiona, I think, puts into uh, uh, undeniable and uncomfortable reality for Republicans is that everything about January 6th made everything about invading Ukraine easier for Vladimir Putin. <laughs> there you have it. It's a real chicken and egg thing for me because here I was, Jason, thinking that Vladimir Putin caused Trump, right? But now we're being told that Trump has caused the Ukraine war. So I'm not sure which came first. I thought Trump was Putin's puppet, not the other way around. It's, you're, you're absolutely right. It is the paradox of which one came paradox. first, which one caused which and, and everything else. It's, it's incredible. And I, I want to, I, I, I have to do my journalistic due diligence and Please. ask you this question. So you just shared a, a video from MSNBC. How does it feel to be one of six people to watch that video? <laughs> Well, I am part of the elites. <laughs>
as you know. So. You're well connected. I am very well connected. <laughs> I tell you what, if you want, if you thought it was exciting to be part of an audience of six, can I offer you half of that with CNN? <laughs> <laughs> now, now this. Now, this uh, clip is entitled Bash Presses Mayorkas about 1984 comparisons to disinformation board. As the resident libertarian we have here in our ranks, Mr. America, to be the truth, can you please give us the libertarian perspective on the disinformation board, which is going to oversee, you know, narrative and communication out there in the public and identify potentially problematic individuals who are a risk to the state? What's the libertarian so, view I, on that? Uh, so I first want to point out with Problem. who they nominated it. <laughs> okay. It was uh, Nina Jankowitz, Jankowitz, whatever her name is. Jankowitz. Uh, yeah, that one. Um, so if you guys haven't seen her TikToks, that is just she does, fantastic. She does TikToks, does she? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? There, they are fantastic. Okay. Every conspiracy that's come out of the media, she ran with. Oh, uh, she ran just full hearted into the wind. No amount of resistance was going to stop her. Oh. There's no amount of cyber bullying that would stop her from spreading this truth from the media. Right. Um, you know, the steel dossier, she ran with that oh, even nice. after it got debunked. Brilliant. Um, Russian, Russian so, trolls so, controlling the Internet. Yes, that was another one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so she's she's just run with it all. So I think that you know they've they've instilled somebody that has been unbiased, that has only pushed the truth amongst it all. Was was clearly talking about how uh, COVID uh, responses were detrimental to the people. Yes. Talking about how you know Democrats aren't helping the country in any way, shape. Oh, sorry. Um, you know they have a clear bias on this, and this was something that I was like quick. All right. Your conservative audience is going to hate me for this. Um, the day it got announced, I said, look, hey, it's the Ministry of Truth. I said, in 24 hours, the conservative audience is going to go from, I hate this, to, I wonder who we're going to nominate. And the next day I went on Twitter, and there was poll after poll after poll. And it's like, this is just another weapon, a partisan weapon to, to ensure that, you know, Social media posts are only in alignment with the party in power. It, it's it's disgusting. It's not necessary, and we can't trust them as far as we can throw them, and we can't even touch them to throw them. So look, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you here. Um, I mean, clearly, <laughs> now look at this man. Is this not the face of a man you can trust? Press one in the chat if you trust this man. Uh, to tell you about what the disinformation board does and does not do, press two in the chat if you're a little bit skeptical. <laughs> like our friend the here, Mr. Smugness. America. There is a very the smugness of that smile. There's a lot of smug there. That is a shit-eating grin. We haven't even started the interview yet. We're already doing shit-eating grins, and the, the numbers are coming in foggy with the two. I think I think the twos were probably going to take this one out. <laughs> Just you guys can't side with libertarians. That's uh, it's that's the true. Ministry of Truth will come and fact check everything you're doing. Everything. Look at all these people. You guys are all going to be listed as extremists. That's right. You guys will not be allowed on Facebook. On airplanes. You won't be allowed on Twitter. Yeah. On airplanes. Yeah. No. Just. You guys are all making terrible, terrible decisions. Don't side no. with the libertarian. Like I told you, like I told you at the start of the show, unfortunately, we have a lot of right wings, you know, extremist type individuals, white supremacists in the audience, and we keep trying to flush them out, but we can't get rid of them. They just keep hanging around. So unfortunately, yes, 
it looks like there are a lot of people who are, you know, not necessarily trusting of the person who's telling them about the disinformation governing body. That's part of the Department of Justice or the State Department, one or the other. I can't remember. Maybe it's Homeland Homeland Security. Security. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It's one of them. It's Homeland Security. (laughs) Lies on social media are a threat to democracy around the world. And so we have to have Department of Homeland Security on this. No one else. No one else would fit this. That's right. We need a team. We need a team, hand-picked team, who can delve into this. You know what? Let's get it straight from the horse's mouth. Let's see why the disinformation board is such a good fucking idea. Let's have a look. Let's talk about a, a different topic, which is uh, what you are calling, your department is calling the Disinformation Governance Board. You <laughs> unveiled that uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. Okay. Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it- okay, now this is key because I did scan this clip earlier and that really sticks out. I want you to pay specific attention to the answers that this man gives because we're going to play a cool little quiz game at the end of this. Are you coming with me on this one, okay, Jason? You're going to be part of this ride. All right. All right, let's go. Let's do it. And you can play along at home as well, okay? Now, remember, he's asked specifically to clarify what is the disinformation board and what does it do, okay? So that's fairly simple questions. Let's see if the answers are fairly simple in return. Truth in the novel 1984. Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it monitor American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It's clear, I mean... It's clear, okay, it's very clear. So prepare yourselves, this is going to be a very clear, very concise answer, okay? Can I offer my my guess? Your predictions, please, absolutely. If anyone has the George Orwell book in front of them, 1984, open it up to the Ministry of Truth and just read it verbatim, (laughs) this potentially may be his answer. (laughs) You think that might be what happens next, okay. Let's have a look. But he'll say no, but... Criticisms are precisely the opposite Okay, okay, hang on. (laughs) Is this, what exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it monitor American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It's clear, I mean, those criticisms are (laughs) precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. Okay, it's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) What Whatever you think it is. So his answer to... Okay, remember, he's asked, can you please tell us, like, who is your daddy and what does he do? Okay, what are you going to do? What are you? Who are you and what are you doing? Those days are the questions. Who are you and what are you doing? And his reply was, look, there's a lot of accusations about who we are and what we do, but we are the exact opposite of all of those. Back to you. (laughs) I mean... Asked and answered. (laughs) Done. Interview over. Let's wrap this up. The three CNN viewers want to go back to watching (laughs) January 6th stuff. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll get to January 6th, I'm sure. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not. You could do a job now. (laughs) (laughs) We could have, like, in the past tense. 
look, we could have done a better job of communicating who we are and what we do, but I can tell you with clarity that we are the exact opposite of, of whatever it is you're accusing us of. <laughs> You know, if, if if you want to see the life, you know, the humour in the world, this is where you come. CNN, ladies and gentlemen. This is what makes life worth living. Like, we are now in a state of such disrepair. Like, basic logic is just fucking out the window. You know, basic rationality is just out the window now. These are the answers. They're just complete non-answers. It, look at it. It's got State of the Union behind him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is it? it, it that's actually super accurate. This is the state of the union. This is the state Joe of Biden, the union. What have you done? Congratulations, done CNN. What you CNN with some accurate reporting. Look at that. Look at the state of the union, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my god! Look, it's pretty clear that we're the exact opposite of whatever it is you're accusing us of. And let me just say, we could have done a better job you know, selling ourselves and explaining who it is, uh, who we are and what we do, okay? Group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating <laughs> what it does and does not. Now is, now is the perfect time to do that job, isn't it? You've just been asked. <laughs> do. So the, the fact is... Here's the fact. ...that disinformation... Yes. ...that creates a threat... Mm -hmm. to the security of the homeland right. is our responsibility to address. Oh. And this department has been addressing it for years. Oh, okay, that's all right oh. then. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I may I may be way off here, Jason. Like you know, So I want you to jump in and you tell me if I'm off the mark, okay? Now, I, I was under the impression that any kind of discussion about you know, the monitoring of conversations online, say, or, you know, accusing people of spreading disinformation and therefore becoming a target for the state to, you know, investigate and, you know, radicals may use the term spy on. We would never use that term here. We would say oh, monitor. Never use that. Yeah. yeah. Monitor for our safety. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they have nothing to hide. There's, that's there's what no have you got to worry to be about. afraid. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're monitoring dangerous individuals out there, and we've been doing it for years, mind you. So clearly you could have no problem with this. Is that right? Or? Yeah, totally. I mean, we Good. should we should trust them. I mean, the Patriot Act has done such an amazing job, job. of building the TSA that has stopped. Oh, oh, it's been a tool for the war on drugs. Hasn't stopped a single terrorist. Um, but well, but a lot uh, of crotches, a lot of crotches have been grabbed though over the years. So that's a plus. I a think. lot. Yeah. Yeah, you a know, lot. you got to make people happy one way or another, you know, and right. who doesn't like a good crotch grab every now and then? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to know them. I've, yeah, exactly. I've, I've got, I'm getting a shirt that, you know, everyone's seen this. Happy it's Hanukkah, not Gabe, it's the TSA. Oh, Thank you for keeping Radio us safe. Common static void tipped $3. Thank you for keeping us safe, Mayorkas. Thank you for uh -huh. keeping us safe, Mayorkas. Indeed super safe and and you know well i mean we've got the uh the national defense authorization act section 1020 don't ask me why i know that number but where we can just indefinitely Happy Hanukkah, um, detain no huh? another one another one james can <laughs> james can 
Am I able to write this off on taxes? Am I able to write this off on taxes? Well, we do have a libertarian here. Is, liber- is taxation theft, yes or no? Always. Yes. It's actually his extortion, but but yes. Don't worry, stick um, around, because I've got a story later on for you. Uh, Australians could be charged a tax a taxation fee every time they drive into the city. So we're looking forward to that here in this country. <laughs> yeah, that'll make everything Beautiful. better. Yeah. Oh. Good news, everyone. But so you have it, you know, from the National Defense Authorization Act, where you could be imprisoned indefinitely without ever being charged with the crime. So right. you know, an entity that's doing all these things just to protect us, clearly, them being able to discern what's good information, what's bad information, is only good for America. So right. I think that we need to embrace this with wide open arms. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. Be positive about the coming restrictions in the Orwellian style. Um, you know, overbearing government that's going to play a larger role in your life. There's going to be an upside too. Again, you'll be a lot safer. Throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from Russia, China. We know the problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board... Okay, so thank, thank you for telling us that there is disinformation in China. That's much appreciated. Now, if you could just get back to the... I can't believe CNN is doing this. Now, if you could just get back to the original question, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> well, before, as you know, before, there's there's disinformation in China, in Russia. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what we are. We are the exact opposite of all of those things. Yeah. And, and before we get back to the, the video real quick, um, when you think about China, when you think about Russia, when you think about North Korea specifically, they fact check everything that their people are allowed to say and that's why north koreans think that they're the richest people in the area they think that south korea is poor and that they don't have food on their tables they have even less food than north koreans do while they're malnourished and struggling and so it's like you know if if we just trust our government a little more maybe maybe north korea will look like paradise for us yeah look i appreciate that look two things have been happening for the last hundred years government has been getting more and more powerful like, you know, year on year on year, minute on minute on minute for the last hundred years. And you have become more and more afraid. (laughs) You've become more and more dependent and more and more afraid. Now, when we put these two things side by side, Mr. America, I think the only answer is we need to be doing more government to people because that'll, look, if we can just ramp it up a little bit more, then I think we'll eliminate all of the fears. Do you think I'm onto something there? Or? Yeah. If, if the government comes through and breaks everybody's legs, I mean, think yeah. about the government jobs to create crutches. I mean, we are, that, that is job security. Yeah. That is a flow of money like you wouldn't believe. Think about the competition. <laughs> think about finally the competition in wheelchair basketball. <laughs> Everyone will be lining up to play wheelchair <laughs> basketball, of course. You know, you'll equality just be equality for everyone. Equality for everyone. Everyone's in a wheelchair. That's right. But of course, you know, gov- because you'll be governed by the new libertarian rules of wheelchair basketball, it'll just be a game of one team throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> Travel. Throw it over. <laughs> Travel. Throw it back. <laughs> Travel. <laughs> Give it back to him. <laughs> That'll be for 40 minutes. Well, act, what, what will it do? So what it does. Okay, what does it do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? How this governance board will act. What, what will it do? So what it does is it works to ensure yep. that the way in which we address <laughs> yes. threats, oh. the connectivity <laughs> yep. between threats. And- Clear so far. <laughs> I've walked through all of China.
We look at stuff, okay. We All look right. at stuff. He's looking. Yes. <laughs> we monitor and look at things, okay, so far. And acts of violence yeah. are addressed without infringing on free speech, oh. protecting civil rights oh. and civil liberties, the right of privacy. Oh, they're here to protect oh. your rights. <laughs> what do you know? Acts of violence. Acts now, of violence. this is this is coming from somebody who works for the Joe Biden administration. Who He's you know, the Homeland Security Secretary <laughs> is is Democrat, and so acts of violence would yeah. include hateful terms such as you know labeling a transgender woman as a man. That's true. So. You know, if you're saying in a public space, they're not violating your privacy. No. And if you're saying things that can hurt somebody's feelings, then that's clearly violence. Yeah. And expect a Department of Homeland Security to knock on your door. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, you know, and if we can get rid of the no-knock warrants too, that would mean, I mean, clearly, that would be ideal. Quick, come over. Somebody's having an abortion in here. State of the Union, ladies and gentlemen. And the board, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational well, authority. Well, what is he talking hmm. about? <laughs> so He's so proud of himself. Look at that. Look at that face. Yes. He's like, I nailed that. <laughs> what you going to say about it, bitch? So if we dissect that, the best practices, Please. we're going to take old Twitter's algorithms and the way that they would knock people off yes. that were saying things that we didn't like. Yes. We're going to take that and we're going to take the government and we're going to put those two together, together. And then the government has to distribute that to every social media platform that is allowed in American spaces or they won't be allowed. That's right. That's it. You pretty much nailed it. And is, uh, don't you feel free safer? Speech. Yeah, I do. I'm so, so much safer. Free speech. Yeah. Free speech. If, hey, look, if you don't like it, Go buy your own government, bro. Go start your own CNN. If you, <laughs> you, don't, like if you don't like it, go move to North Korea, bro. Bro. <laughs> Dude, come on. Oh, you sound like a fucking socialist tard to me, bro. American citizens be monitored. No. Yes, of course. Uh, John Brennan, comment. <laughs> Will American citizens be monitored? No. Okay. John Brennan for comment. Mr. Brennan. <laughs> Will they be monitored? Well, terrorists. <laughs> Thank you, John. Guarantee that. What, so what we do? Okay, we, what we do now? We're we're two minutes into the interview, and he's he's just now getting to who it is. What does we, what does you? Who is your daddy, and what does he do? We in the Department of Homeland Security don't yeah. monitor uh, uh, American citizens. You don't. Uh, but we I sense a semantics bullshit answer coming up. Look, look, we don't call it monitoring. Okay. We do call it surveillance. <laughs> so we surveil people. We don't monitor them. There's a difference, okay? Well, <laughs> it's also important to note that he is a government official, which means that he doesn't actually do anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wrong for us to be directing our ire at this man who's giving non-answers to questions because he doesn't really know what he's doing in the first place. He didn't read the notes to begin he with. He, he came in unprepared. <laughs> That's right. Board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational uh, authority or capability. No. What? No. What they do is recommend to the operational board who to operate on. You see. You 
said. And, they monitor. <laughs> they do the monitoring, but they don't. Well, they do the monitoring, but they don't dish out the punishment. You see. No, no. So all they do, they're an innocent party in this. A babe in the woods, butter wouldn't melt in their fucking mouth, Jason. They just monitor what's going on, monitor the right wing trolls and the extremists, and then they recommend to the operational board, you see, that these particular people, these individuals, need to be, you know, dealt with. So they don't yeah. actually do the executioning themselves. So there's really no problem here. And, and forgive me for the shameless plug, but, you know, I've got a show coming up where I'm going to be talking about something called Chevron deference. And mm. it's where the um, the judicial courts, the Supreme Court, gives the alphabet agency, so Department of Homeland Security, ATF, etc., the power to create their own systems of, of basically create their own laws that get passed down to different entities below them such as Department of Homeland Security telling social media platforms you have to abide by this. And then they also get to be a part of the executive branch wherein they get to enforce those things and actually have punishments, fines, or, or otherwise. So <laughs> when he's talking about this, we're not the operators. No, you're just the, the courts. You're the legislators and you're the executive branch all in one mm. going to force this down onto every social media platform. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for enlightening us, Mr. Alejandro. Yeah. I mean, look. That's a that's probably a, your view there. Although well articulated, well reasoned, and well thought out, I imagine it's probably a rather fringe extremist view. And clearly, you yeah. didn't listen to this man before when he told you that this is <laughs> this is all. I'm going to have to replay it. Did you not hear it when he told you that this is all about protecting your freedom? Okay, so <laughs> so the the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address and this department has been addressing it for years Good. throughout the years of the yeah. prior administration throughout and an years. ongoing basis disinformation from russia right china we know Iran. the problems but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act what, what will it do so what it does is it works to ensure <laughs> that the way in which we address threats the connectivity Connectivity, threats and word. acts of violence yep. are addressed without infringing on free speech. Okay. Simple as that. Okay. It's simple. Why did we understand it the first time? Yeah. So basically what, what this is, is like, so let's say some agency has a bone to pick with you. Okay. They've got an issue with you. And, you know, they kind of, maybe they want to bring you in and, you know, sit you down and have a little chat. And it might be, you know, their attention may have been drawn to you by some of your opinions. You might have said something on Twitter, for example, like, you know, free speech. <laughs> and clearly you would be red flagged at that point as a potential extremist. Uh, you know, so this agency hunts you down, tracks you down, well, monitors you, well, surveils you, well, they don't really monitor anyone. They just come across you one day in a, a busy supermarket parking lot. And they, you know, whisk you away. They're looking into the ether and it just happens to be staring in your direction. That's, That's right. Yeah, just random events. Like you've been randomly selected for a FBI trial. <laughs> right. So, you know, you go in the back of the van. And then this is the point where Alejandro's disinformation board, this is where they would step in and they would say to the government authority, hey, look, we want you to question this guy, but it has to be done in a way that protects free speech. That's what we're doing here. That's our job. Okay, press one in the chat if you believe, Alejandro, <laughs> that that is the role of the disinformation board is to protect <laughs> to protect the free speech of people who are being 
currently investigated as a, quote, threat to the state. <laughs> okay, his words, not mine. Press one in the chat if you believe Alejandro is there to protect your free speech. Press two in the chat if you suspect Alejandro may be telling little fibs, <laughs> little lies. You were getting twos before you even finished asking the question. Yeah. <laughs> they might be onto something. They might be onto us here. Uh, Alejandro is just a good guy. Lou Frigno in the chat too. He believes Alejandro really is protecting our freedom. Protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. Yeah. And the board, the, this working group, internal working group, will draw from <laughs> Lonely Chef in the chat. What, what would you say you do here? <laughs> practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operators. Look, look, I bring the breast, I bring the practices to the goddamn operators, all right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got upper management written all over him. Oh, he is. Oh, shit. <laughs> What would you say you do here? Look, I watch Twitter, I monitor prep things, and I bring targets of interest to the fucking operators, okay? What do you fucking understand? I talk to the goddamn operators. Authority. Will American citizens be monitored? No. No. Definitely guarantee not. Guarantee that. Well, so what we do... <laughs> We're not going to guarantee anything, guarantee Dana. <laughs> we can't make those kinds of guarantees. Not here, not now. We, we in the department... I'd ignore your question and move on. Yes, that's right. Homeland Security don't monitor... We don't monitor uh, anyone. ...American citizens. You don't, but no. will we, this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have uh, any operational... Yeah, see, see, we're just creating something because it's going to be completely not used, right? <laughs> that's the other thing they're trying to tell you here. No, 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 no. We've created this board. All we're going to do is protect free speech and not really change anything, okay? I mean, it's a believable story. He's Authority or capability. What it will do, what will it do? is gather together best... He's, he's still answering, what will it do? <laughs> ...practices in addressing the threat yes. of disinformation right. from foreign state adversaries, yep. from the cartels, yes. and disseminate... The cartels. <laughs> Unless the cartels are American citizens, then... <laughs> We're going to let them have a free pass. You know you know how the cartels have been attacking free speech, don't you, Jason? <laughs> the disinformation networks of the cartels. Oh, fucking wonderful. Eh, what? <laughs> You'll say what? Those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. Yeah. Republicans are critical. Okay, it sounded good, but I still don't really know what he does. <laughs> Do you? No, but I love the smugness of when he finishes every question. Oh, Just yeah. like, mm hmm. I've, that have been I've executing not... in addressing this threat for years. It, there it is. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I nailed that question. There's no way that there could be a follow up. Everything was addressed. There's not a bit of disinformation of what I said. No one can fact check this because yeah. I didn't say a damn thing at all. Just gibberish. I said a lot of words, but without really saying anything at all. Fantastic. And <laughs> what a great advertisement for a government agency. I mean, clearly. Republicans are criticizing your decision, yep. the administration's decision to yep. choose Nina Jankowicz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. We'll get to in Nina response. in a minute. Eminently qualified. A uh, renowned expert. A renowned expert, Nina Yankowitz. <laughs> a renowned expert. TikTok certified. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok certified. That's what we need here. In the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Uh, 
Would you be okay if Donald Trump were president, if he created this disinformation board, governance board, or if it is in place and he wins again in 2024, that he's in charge of such a thing? I believe that this working group that gathers together gathers together best practices, mm. makes sure that our, our work is uh, coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of... Do you know what? And this is the point that I think we don't talk about enough. And I, it, it keeps coming back to me when I'm watching this guy. It's like, nobody asked for this, did they? Like, nobody asked no. you to do this, right? Or am I wrong? Has someone been calling out for a disinformation board to monitor best practices of people who are potentially threats to the state? Like, when when, when was that memo passed around? I must have missed it. Hey, you missed it because we were too busy making fun of them, but it was uh -huh. the media the entire last four years. Um, because they were like, everything that was being said it was disinformation, and we need government to step in because we're incompetent and incapable of actually... Uh, opposing truths with our 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 disinformation right. and someone needs to clean this up yeah um you're all you're all sort of idiot peasants out there we need to hold your hand and walk you through this dangerous minefield of information and disinformation to lead you to the correct truth the unquestionable truth the truth that's been here all along and what is it you do exactly we protect free speech oh good thank you for the truth free speech that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. <laughs> Don't you see? Don't you see? Because they're safeguarding liberties, that makes his job so fucking important. So we're way off the mark when we say nobody asked for this. No, no, no. They didn't have to ask for this, Jason. They fucking need it, don't they? They need somebody <laughs> to protect their liberties. And why not? why not let it be Alejandro here? Yeah, I was I was literally going for a walk the other day with my family and just walking down the road, I knew that there was disinformation out there and I knew <laughs> that I had to have my gun on me. Yeah. I knew that I had to be able to protect myself at any given moment because that disinformation was a clear and volatile threat to my well-being and my freedom of speech. So thank you, Alejandro. Please, please give me one of those smirks and that smile once more, please. Yeah, look, I'm not sure that, you know, if I could just speak for Alejandro, Alejandro, just for a moment, if I may be so bold, I would suggest that he would be, you know, not in favour of your Liberty origin story just now because you were carrying a gun, you see. So the fact that you openly, you know, talk about guns and the fact that you are a gun owner, I think puts you in a high risk category. You may need to be monitored for future reference. Hey, I apologise for clarifications. <laughs> it was finger pistols. Finger pistols. Uh, no... <laughs> It was one of those crappy little water pistols you get in a Happy Meal that leaks all over your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you get more damage to yourself than anyone else. It's exactly. beautiful. Yeah. Before I let you go, I'm sure you uh, have heard that Kevin McCarthy, now the Republican leader who hopes to be speaker if yeah. Republicans take over in November, mm -hmm. uh, will consider impeaching you. No. Oh. Your, response. your response. I am incredibly proud. Uh, to work with 250,000 dedicated and talented personnel, wow. and I look forward to continuing to do so. No concern about that? I am not. I am focused on mission and supporting our incredible workforce. Let's We're supporting the incredible workforce. There you go. One-on-one -on -one with Alejandro from, from Homeland Security. Uh, speaking, you did bring, you did raise her, you brought her up. 
Now, this is, I guess you would call her the disinformation czar. Is that correct? The director of the disinformation board. I think that's a fair thing to say. Actually, you know what? Can you stick Can you stick around and do another like half hour or so? Or have you got to go? Or what Absolutely. You... Okay. Absolutely. All right. We'll tell you what. Why don't we take a very short break, stretch your legs, visit the little boy's room, grab yourself a beverage, whatever you want to do. And we'll meet back here in a tight, in a tight three to four. What do you say? So... Sounds good. All right. Stick around. We'll be back. Second half, Daily Boogie, Friday night. See you soon. Boogie Bumper is a kangaroo boxing boomerang chucker that eats crackers in bed. It's the place that we can go to watch old things. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of passage Can't be old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of passage Say the goddamn words, you're gonna be okay! Join me, Rusty the Iceman, Sunday night, 10 30, Standard Eastern Time, on Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian. I'm the host of the Sunday Night Shit Show. So, according to a certain Virginia stoner, my last promo was a bit too long, so I'm going to try to cut this down to 30 seconds. Uh, here's what you can expect on the Sunday Night Shit Show. <laughs> Check us out on Sundays, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on DLive.tv slash Sunday Night Shit Show. See you then. Bye. What would you say you do here? Some people, I remember when I was young and I worked in a warehouse and I was in my early, I was about, how old was I? I was about 20, 21. And I worked in a warehouse. I'm, guys, I'm about, I'm about, I'm about to chew gum. <laughs> you fucking melon. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, um, I forgot what I was fucking saying, you fucking dick. Oh, you fucking Can you please, for the love of fucking God, unfuck yourself and just start doing shows? For this Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. Sometimes this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Come back. 
second little part of the show here on a Friday night. Thank you for joining us, Boogie Bumper and Mr. America, the beat of truth. Let's get right back into it. Uh, did you stretch your legs, sir? Everything good to go. Rocking and rolling. How the fuck are you? Okay, we're good. Yeah, got another beer, so we're good to go. Absolutely fantastic. Now, as mentioned before the break, <laughs> we did want to discuss the disinformation board, the czar of the disinformation board, the director of the disinformation board, Nina Yankowitz. Now, you told me, I didn't know this, but... You told me she's got a little bit of a history on TikTok, apparently. Big TikTok mm-hmm. star. Okay, and that's good. Well, that that proves to me, let's be optimistic. Let's give her a chance, okay? Uh, you know, we're all about opportunity here on this show. As you know, we're an equal opportunity viewer here. So um, we'll give her a chance. She's clearly got experience in social media. If she's, I mean, if she's big on TikTok, she pretty much, she could run Twitter. You know what I mean? She knows what she's doing. So let's have a look at some of her work here. Uh, Nini Ankowitz suggests verified Twitter users should be able to edit other people's tweets. Let's have a look. Um, and I am eligible for it because I'm verified, but there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who oh. aren't, you know, legit in my opinion. Mm. I mean, oh, okay. There's a lot of people who look, I'm verified, but I kind of want to thin the herd of the other verified users on this platform. You know what I mean? You can't be an elitist like me. <laughs> I am Nina. Bizarre. And look, I wonder if all of these people are in that kind of situation. You know, you know, in the movies where the bad guy clearly only has a crew because they're afraid of what the bad guy will do to them if they try to leave. You know that kind of atmosphere. Do you, I wonder how many yeah. of these, you know, other eight people here are in that boat? It's like, God, I really hate this woman, but I can't let her know. <laughs> and and speaking of that, so they're held here captive, just like as if they were the heroes of the movie. Yes. And she's the villain already laying out the blueprints of her plans. <laughs> her evil scheme. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy. Anyway, so okay. verified people can um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is, so they can add context to certain tweets. Wow. Now, hmm. I think that this is a nice little portal into base motivations, and this might be a bit of a meme, but I think it's true. Libertarians do spend an unusually large amount of time analyzing first principles that's pretty much like the beginning and end of every conversation with us isn't it it's like well hang on is it is it theft or not like is it immoral or not that's kind of where we start and then we branch off from there so in this discussion about first principles this is a nice little porthole deep into the soul of somebody in her opinion right because i'm up here I should be able to just kind of go around and edit things as I see fit. Like reality, I could mold the internet to my personal preference. You see, because I'm your particular, you know, in the in the battle for disinformation, the director of the disinformation board thinks in order to correct disinformation, you need to let people edit other people's words. <laughs> I mean, 2022, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's amazing that we're coming off of, you know, back in 2020, the big slogan that we saw was your truth, right? Your truth is important. Your truth needs to be heard. Not without our added context, please. (laughs) No, and it it goes to, like I was saying, like this porthole deep into into their being, into base motivation. 
And I think a lot of this comes from the place of these people are incredibly insecure. You know what I mean? Yes. It's yes. They want to lord over people because I and I keep coming back to this theory and I think I'm fucking onto something here. I have this theory, Jason, where people who display these kind of tendencies were the ones who were bullied in school. And, you know, they wet the bed until they were kind of 16 or 17 and they were picked on at school and they've biding their, you know, they're just biding their time till one day they can be like, okay, I'm going to be calling the shots now. You know, I'm the one fucking in charge. And you know what? If you say things about me on Twitter, I should be able to just go around and fucking clean you up. I should be able to change what you say. And it comes from a place of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone who has the confidence... Sorry, I'll just finish this and then we'll go to you. So someone who has the confidence of their own views, right? Someone who has the confidence of what they say. If you... If you... You you don't have that same insecurity. Like, well, people are saying things about me. I need to go and change it. You know, I need to go and change what they're, they're thinking of me. If you have the confidence in your view to the begin with, that doesn't worry you, that shit. It's like, well, you know, idiots are going to say idiot things. <laughs> That's what idiots do. So, you know, let them do what they do. But if you're a very insecure person, this is your reaction. No, I should be allowed to go and fucking change it if I see fit. Yep. No, absolutely. And and two points to that. The first one is, is you know, I'll... I'll you know just like what you're saying i'll put my opinion out there i'll put my stands out there i i put out um an idea on facebook that got a little bit of backlash because i said you know if you don't support school choice you don't support children's education um i want people to argue with me about it because i want to have those conversations meanwhile you know when people have these fragile egos they have the fragile uh, arguments and stances they want to ensure that anyone who's coming against them those are one labeled as acts of violence and two um they they shouldn't be tolerated and accepted so we're going to label it as disinformation in order to to cripple that um a a good point of of reference that i've had was there was a company that there it's a massive company in in america actually they're worldwide they were implementing a policy that was very much in the terms of a for uh not affordable um um double a um affirmative action there we go affirmative action and but there was it was it wasn't just about ethnicity but it was also about um Gender, women as well because yeah. it's a stem yeah so when they were trying to implement this they had a panel of people at one of the offices or at one of the buildings mm the sites and so they had the leadership and then they had flown in one of the hr representatives and the hr said we're going to implement this we need to have more women here and they said why and they said well you just don't understand the plan you don't understand why we're trying to do this and they're like we don't understand why and it came down to the only thing that they would say is that you just simply don't understand what we want to do here. And then they wondered why their stock dropped 30% last year. Um, <laughs> In a very similar vein to the interview we watched just before the break where the guys, you know, when asked, what do you do? His answer was, well, look, a lot of people are saying what we do, but I can tell you that we are the exact opposite of all of those things. <laughs> you know, like, you don't really know what you do here, do you? Or you you either don't know or you can't say. It's that kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah. And and I there's some disinformation in your comment section that needs to be addressed. Oh, um yes. 
Kimmy is trying to wear a crown that is not hers. It's got my name on it all day, but I'm, I'm going to leave that at that. Ooh. Ooh. Bob's getting thrown in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Someone else in the chat also asked, how come the girl in the middle is wearing the mask like with a microphone on the outside? So it's, can we go to the girl in the middle for comment? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, this is the disinformation board. Um, so just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint. No, of course if not. If President Trump were still on Twitter. And <laughs> this, this is how little they care if you know what their, um, you know, what their agenda is. They, they openly telling it like she's being a smart ass. Like, <laughs> well, look, not coming from any particular political standpoint, but if president, as soon as you mention President Trump, we know who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. As soon as you bring him up, we know exactly who you are and where you're coming from. We know who you are and what you do. We don't even have to ask at that point. But let's hear it anyway. So, just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint. No, of course not. If President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, mm -hmm. someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that now, I just want to point out that because she was mentioned before, the girl in the middle is drinking a cutie soda there. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> a quick Trip is the best gas station, and anyone can find me over there. <laughs> Dudes uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state right. uh, <laughs> and, and his <laughs> news conferences, something like that. Adding context so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim. No, you need to have you need to have the picture we paint for you, right? Yes, that's ultimately and what this the, comes down to. On that note, it's it's so so they're gonna do what Anna No Boogie. You're not on Facebook, and I don't blame you for not being on that shit shit fest. But um, apologize for the swear word. But um, fuck no. So on Facebook, you have a post and then right down below, it's got the fact checks. This is exactly what she's talking about. She wants to have fact checks across all social media platforms. And and if you mention voter fraud, this is verifiable every single election that there is always somebody that gets uh, gets arrested for voter fraud. Yes. So as long as you mention that there's voter fraud, you're, you're speaking to truth. And, but they want to of course try to try to fight against this of course if you guys have been following uh there was a, a video recently released 2000 mules that talks about um the 2020 election um if you guys haven't already gone on to that go ahead check that out is um, it worth it i was thinking about it i haven't seen it i've got to admit i've got a co-worker that has sent me a 4k resolution version of it for free um i still haven't watched it mm, okay but he swears up and down by it, so. Okay. Oh. Um, let's carry on. The Minister of Truth clears something up for us. It's not conservatives being silenced on social media. Liberals and minorities are the ones being silenced. There's already oh. this idea, this allegation. Look, that there's, there is look, there's this idea out there. By the way, fantastic pause, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I... <laughs> My favorite part already of this video is the facial movements yes. of like just the sassy valley girl, just the audacity of these people to make some kind of an allegation. <laughs> sassy valley girl. 
I love it. Very accurate. Okay, look, there's this there's this idea floating around out there, this conspiracy, this idea going around, you know, the trolls out there who say that people on the right are being, you know, targeted in some way. I mean, that's just clearly disinformation. That's the kind of disinformation we'll wipe out, you see. Now, see, the beautiful part about that is if you were to say... Like, let's say the disinformation board kicks in and we're working, we're humming along and we're getting our jobs done. Now, you put on Twitter, uh, you know, something to the effect of Twitter is biased against right-wing people. The disinformation board then flags that comment for disinformation because clearly Twitter is not biased against right-wing people and therefore your account is removed. Now, every time somebody accuses Twitter of being against the right, they, they have their account removed until such time as you remove everybody from a, a particular political standpoint because they all think that the system is biased against them, at which point it will be, but then, of course, there'll be nobody left to say the disinformation that it is. You see how this works? I mean, it's I think it would be great to see this context be added. Yeah. So the context is just going to be, right, so you have a conservative or a right-wing person saying, you know, Twitter has been unbiased against... The conservatives yeah. and then underneath it says from the ministry of truth it says no and then it's got like a finger snap it's just like <laughs> yep that's that's all you guys need that's it uh-uh hell no girlfriend <laughs> uh-uh honey Fuck yeah. there's already this let's, let's get back to this government official spilling the tea there's already this idea this allegation this idea that there's there. anti-conservative bias on the platform so silly even though there has been study after study proving <laughs> in fact that often it's liberal voices that are being silenced particularly minority voices <laughs> i still can't get over the head bobble it's it, every time she talks, I'm just watching it. It's like almost a figure eight if you watch the the motion from the nose. The the fun part for me is always trying to figure out, like in this example, Jason, does she really mean it? Press one in the chat if you think she really means it. <laughs> Press two in the chat if you think she's gaslighting you, because it's harder to figure out than you would think. Right? One in the chat for I just... she really means it. Two in the chat for gaslighting. While they're polling, uh, could, could you just tell me what you have against one? You never let one win. It's always a two. It's always going to be a two with you. <laughs> You're just about that shit. Is that what this is? You think I'm ringing these elections? <laughs> <laughs> Boogie, are you monitoring ones for disinformation? Is this what's happening? Oh, no. I think I think you just got me flagged, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been rigging the vote this whole time. It seems like two always wins. They hate the ones. Look at that. Wall to wall twos in the chat. People think she's gaslighting. I don't understand. I thought one had an equally, you know, an equal chance of winning. <laughs> what was number one again? Oh, she really means it. She really does think that, um, you know, that's all bullshit. And the own, you know, the major group getting banned off social media is what was it? The minorities. Okay. Oh, there has been study after study. Study after study. Often it's liberal voices that are being silenced, particularly minority yeah. voices yeah. Um, on social media. So okay. I think we're going to see more allegations of that. Mm. There's all we're going to see more allegations of that. That's fantastic. Parents protesting mm. school COVID policies face dozens of FBI investigations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 written on there. Oh man, I've read it there too. Yeah. 
President Biden himself tries to get out of FOIA lawsuits seeking communications with the National School Boards Association ahead of, quote, domestic terrorist letter. Let's have a look. Mm. Is there anything going on here? Oh. About the economists who think there could be a recession uh, coming soon. Do you share those concerns? I'm very concerned about the weakness of the economy right now and the potential for a recession. Okay, we're not doing that. The FBI opened at least dozens of investigations of parents and elected officials across the country for opposing COVID-19 school policies, such as mask and vaccine mandates. Thank you for keeping me safe, FBI. House Judiciary Committee Republicans alleged this week, ranking member Jim Jordan of Ohio and Louisiana's Mike Johnson, ranking member of the Civil Liberties Subcommittee, accused Attorney General Merrick Garland of giving sworn testimony last fall that was contrary to evidence subsequently provided to them by brave whistleblowers. We love whistleblowers again. Isn't that good? <laughs> we, we love whistleblowers. By the way, how's Julian Assange going at the moment, Mr. America? How's he, how's he faring? Mm. In the whistleblower I'm, I'm ranks, still, I've already called her out once, but but there's a there's a tweet that I or not a tweet, a message I sent to Kemi, and I told her to screenshot it that he will die in in uh, while being incarcerated. Yes, looks like I'm gonna win this. So whistleblowers are uh, depending on who you call out, of course. Hmm. If you're a whistleblower for us, you're a best friend. But as soon as you show all the the shitty dirt, you know, yeah, you're. You, you deserve everything you get. Yeah, look, we look, and if you are a whistleblower and we're not quite sure about you, you can tip us over the line by removing your penis. <laughs> okay. That's that's how you get in our good books again. Especially if you were in the military yeah. or something like that, you know. Well, maybe... You gotta get into the hierarchy of victimhood. That's as soon right. as you get into there, you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, look, if you're just a white guy whistleblower, nobody cares, bro. You're probably a terrorist, if anything. And you can't be trusted. Uh, less than a week after the NSBA letter reportedly sent at the prompting of Education Secretary, Secretary Miguel Cardona, Garland directed the FBI to, quote, address the rise in criminal conduct directed toward school personnel. <laughs> criminal conduct. The AG denied that memo called for investigating parents as domestic terrorists in October testimony given before the committee even though the FBI's Criminal Investigative and Counterterrorism Divisions created a, quote, threat tag to be applied to such investigations. Oh. There you go. So the parents, if you're one of the unlucky parents who happens to be sending your child to a school where they talk about the virtues of removing their genitals at an early age or something similar, and you you express you know a displeasure with this particular school policy... You, you could very well be labelled as a domestic threat by the FBI. And then, of course, you would be monitored. But don't, don't fear, Jason. Remember, the disinformation board is going to protect your civil liberties, okay? so Yeah, you won't be fact-checked. You'll just be labelled a terrorist and terrorist. thrown into a cage for, for, for forever. That's it's right. fine. You know, and, and as, it, as that article pointed out, these were a lot of parents that were coming out and just saying, hey, look, you know, the mask mandate isn't really going to save these kids. Back or COVID itself is is killing off less than point nine or less than um not enough point zero zero one percent of the kids that yeah, uh, get right. it. Um, maybe you guys don't need to do this, and maybe they don't need to go get this vaccine that is already causing other kids to die, maybe. young adults to die, middle-aged adults to die. Maybe maybe we could look at this from a scientific standpoint, and the Department of Education 
these school boards and everyone else were like, oh God, you're a criminal, you're a terrorist, you're trying to kill all of us. Yep. It's it's an incredible way of of Can't providing disinformation. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's those are now synonyms: disinformation and keeping everyone safe. That's there right. we go. We have the new synonym in 2022. Look, since you brought up vaccine, now clearly you've already flagged this as a terrorist show, so I don't think we can. <laughs> I don't think we need to worry too been much. Cancelled on all platforms. That's right. You've you've got us cancelled now. The disinformation board is going to be sticking their nose right up my asshole now, thanks to you. But since you brought up vaccines and disinformation, why don't we... I, I know I trust the science, and I'm sure you trust the science too. Let's see the latest in the science, courtesy of our friends at CNN. The FDA has announced new strict limits on the usage of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Oh. The updated guidelines come over the risk of a rare and dangerous clotting condition called TTS. <laughs> Just three months ago, saying that the vaccines would have caused any risk would have been labeled as disinformation. disinformation. You've been silenced on every every social media platform. But now that the media is finally like, well, we have to accept the facts as how they are in releasing it. Mm. Now it's like, oh, well, I guess we could say this is OK. And you know what? Like we've often spoken about this. I think most people would be satisfied with Mia culpa in these moments. I think most people would be satisfied if, like, the journalists or the media organization came out and said, look, okay, we got it wrong, <laughs> okay? And when we accused you of being a right-wing conspiracy nut, maybe we jumped the gun on that. But that's not what's going to happen here. And we know it's not because we've seen it so many times before with other things. What's going to happen is they're going to now start playing dumb. And they're going to start saying things like, well, you know, we were told all along that this was safe and effective. And it seems now, uh, remarkably, it's been uncovered that perhaps they're not as safe and effective as they were. But don't fear, they're working on a new one now. So if you accuse the new one of somehow being dangerous, then that, of course, would be a right-wing conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, like, they're just yes. going to find <laughs> a way to repeat. own it. Exactly. And you'll continue Rinse to be mocked. Always. Yep. It's, it's incredible. Um, you know, it, we live in a time where it is, it's such an exhilarating time for us all to be alive because we are literally living in the era where conspiracy theorists to realism, to reality is the fastest it's ever been. It's literally like six weeks. It is. You can say something, you will be just absolutely destroyed by by society they'll say you have no idea what's going on you have to trust the experts and then the experts six weeks later go yeah that, happy those hanukkah people, my right. nigga 100 oh, oh thank you toy day. happy toy day thank you very much toy day with the tenner thank you very generous of you let's carry on here Let's carry on here with the totally safe and effective thing that is now being taken off the shelf. <laughs> Which is now, now going to be governed by various restrictions uh, because of this very rare thing that happens when you take it. <laughs> the FDA has announced new strict limits. Strict, on the strict limits because of a thing that happens so rarely, Jason. <laughs> like, why would that be the case if it's so rare? Why would they start having strict limits on who can use it? Question? Comment? And these vaccines have <laughs> such a long-lasting effect that you need a booster two months after you get two them. Two months, yeah. yeah. Excuse me, Director of J&J, &J, 
uh, Daily Boogie Bumper from the Daily Boogie. Can I ask if the if the side effect is so rare that it's barely statistically relevant, why are you taking your product off the shelves? Comment. <laughs> well, it's safe and effective. <laughs> Usage of the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Uh -huh. The updated guidelines come. Guidelines. <laughs> it's the updated guidelines. It's not. It's not a reversal of the previous reporting. No, no. It's an updated guideline. You see. Over the risk of a rare. Guidelines. Don't take our product. That's right. Dangerous <laughs> condition called TTS. TTS. After receiving this vaccine. The vaccine is now being limited to people 18 years or older oh. and people who don't have access to other mRNA COVID vaccines. Right. Joining us now to discuss is CNN medical analyst, Dr. Jonathan Reiner. Okay, this will be good. Um, Dr. Reiner, I'm so glad to have you on this morning to talk about so this. So glad. What is TTS and should people who've already gotten the J&J &J vaccine be worried about it? <laughs> Would you say now is the time for our viewers to split each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? Mm, yes, I would, Kent. So I'll answer your, your second think, question. I think it's also, um, I think it's really important that what she said there at the end, you know, if you're, if you have to be 18 or older and then she followed up with, or unless you don't have another vaccine available. So <laughs> if you're in a shitty community and no one else is available, fuck your blood clots, get those bitches. <laughs> Look, we're restricting this one only if you can't have any of the other. It's like so, it's so awful, we'd rather not use it. But if you can't get any of the other vaccines, then you're sure this is the most deadly, but it's the only one you can have. So I'm afraid this will have to do. First, which is Don't no. worry, we care, we care so much about, you know, the people of Africa that as soon yeah. as we have an excess here, we're going to send the, Ship the, out. the Johnson & Johnson over straight over there to Africa. We're going to start because loading up the ship. We're going to start loading up the shipping containers as we speak with the old J&J &J <laughs> vaccine. And we we're, are so compassionate. Love us. Yeah, and when we drop them off over there in, you know, West Africa somewhere, we're going to be like, they're going to be like, so who can take the vaccine? And we're going to be like, ah, oh, anyone, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, just give them to whoever. It doesn't matter. But you were only giving to 18 years old. I don't know why my African sounds Indian. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on my African, <laughs> my people. <laughs> no one who has uh, received this vaccine uh, should worry about this complication at, at this point. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you give it a couple of weeks Johnson Johnson that morning, don't worry, guys. It's fine. You're safe for now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We have immunity. Don't worry about it. You can't make any changes to your decisions. No. You're screwed with this. Just just move on with your life. Just get on. Don't just... get stressed about this or you'll have a blood clot. All right. Yeah. Don't get stressed. That's right. Look, nothing bad's going to happen, but, you know, if you wanted to call your mum and tell her you're sorry, now might be a good time. <laughs> Just saying. So TTS stands for thrombosis with thr uh, thrombocytopenia, okay. which translates to clotting with low uh, blood platelets. Right. And it's a syndrome that can occur uh, sort of naturally, sometimes mm. in the setting of infection, sometimes as a uh, unusual reaction to certain uh, uh, administered blood thinners. Okay. But what uh, we noticed about a year ago, a year ago, that a, a relatively small number of people were <sighs> developing unusual clots or clots in unusual places. Conspiracy theory. Didn't small happen. Amount. Fabrication. <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs>
It's such an insignificant amount of people that we didn't need to do anything for a year. And after that year, there was such an insignificant amount of people that we have to change our guidelines right. to make sure that we're protecting an insignificant, negligible amount of people. I mean, it was such an insignificant amount of people that the FDA is now restricting the use of the product because it was such an insignificant amount of people, right? Clearly. I mean, it made no difference. Nothing happened. Nothing, nothing to worry about here. Don't worry. You're not at risk yet <laughs> currently <laughs> like the brain often a week to two weeks after getting uh, the johnson and johnson vaccine okay uh, it, it noticed oh. uh or identified after administration of the other adenovirus mm. uh, vaccine the astrazeneca vaccine so it seems to be a complication associated with that particular type of vaccine i see not seen with the mrna vaccines and last April, the FDA actually paused administration of the oh. Johnson Johnson vaccine. Really? To uh, identify. Which was another conspiracy theory, mind you. It was for no reason at all. No reason. It was, it was merely for no reason. Yeah. It was just to monitor it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we paused it because it was so successful. We were running out of vaccines, so we had to pause it. In order to catch they up. didn't have enough context with each vial that was being administered, so we had to, to wait for the Department of Homeland Security. That's right. <laughs> and the disinformation board to come in and protect our liberties. Identify the risk. Uh, at that time, they concluded that the risks were low. Mm. Uh, and uh, Good. So they, they conducted a study of their own during the pause and discovered that the risk was low. So let's put it back in the marketplace. And here we are, what, six months later? And they're restricting it now. So I'm glad we got that second trial run out there. Get some more data. Some more hearts exploded, clearly. <laughs> we were able to come up with a decision. I mean, it's just people's lives are being ruined. I mean, why, what, what, was, what should we be concerned about, right? Lives are saved by letting a couple of people die. It's cool. true. And you've also, I, I mean, have you considered here you must trust the science at all times too, Jason? I mean, clearly. That's Always. Science never changes until it does, and then it only <laughs> changes to be gooder for me. That's right. No, no, you trust the science, whatever it is, at that particular moment that they say it matters, okay? The rest of the time, we need you to exist in a fluid relationship with science where you know it's operating in the background, but you're not really paying attention to it. That's the way we like it. The, the damage was done. Johnson Johnson vaccine has been used very, very sparingly in the okay. United States Good. over the last yep. year. Because it's safe and effective. <laughs> The fucking audacity, mate. <laughs> look, look, this this particular vaccine was paused last year after we noticed some anomalies. It has been severely restricted for 12 months. Uh, we have now further limited who is even eligible for it. So trust me, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> That's what you're being told. <laughs> And if I remember correctly, Johnson & Johnson was one of the free vaccines that was handed out in some of our That's lower, uh, less affluent uh, communities in the United States. Would you, would you so say more more urbanized communities, perhaps? Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, just trust them. Trust Guys, the science, bro. They really care. Trust the science. I mean... Only about 18 million doses of that vaccine have been administered only. compared to over 500 Good. million doses in the United States of the mRNA vaccine. So and and proud we are of that. Very sparingly, <laughs> almost no one has gotten in the last several months. And the risk of this particular, sometimes severe or even fatal complication yeah. uh, usually occurs within one to two weeks. Good. So if, if you got it yesterday, you're still in that window, all right? 
you're still at risk here. One to two weeks of just checking. But don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And in fact, don't go on Twitter or anything and say that you're having heart palpitations as a result of it. Because even though they do this story, that'll still be disinformation, you see. And you can't be too we'll careful. We'll flag you. Don't you worry. We've That's got right. DHS not looking at you, but looking around you That's enough right. that we'll see it. That's right. Um, I tell you what. Which way do you want to go here? All right, let's do a multiple choice, to, and we'll and we'll close out the show on this. So All I'll right. give you two options, ladies and gentlemen, and you can vote in this as well, Mister America, if you if you'd like. I'll give you two options now. Option number one is uh, a story from down here in Australia where governments are going to start charging Australians to travel into the city in which they live <laughs> to and go into the CBD. That's option number one. Option number two is a celebrity gluing himself to a coffee shop bar top. So which one is it? One in the chat for taxation is theft, bro. Two in the chat for glue my hand to that coffee cup. One or two. See what you do. I'm not going to weigh in on this, but those are both. Oh, one sounds interesting. All right. I like James. Okay. All right. Rusty with the two. Couple of twos. Rick G, gloomy. Gloomy, baby. Oh, All right, I think, looks like we're doing glue. I think we're doing the glue. Dun, 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 dun. You guys had a libertarian on for a guest and you guys decided to go away from the taxation as extortion? I know. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know. That's why I was saving that story. You know what? We'll, we'll probably even, do it anyway. <laughs> you even foreshadowed it. I but. did. I did. And once again, the two's won. The two's won. Um, but I didn't set it up that time. We'll probably do it anyway. James Comrell sticks it to Starbucks by gluing his hand to shop counter in protest. I have one question and one question only. What the fuck is going on out there? What are you doing? What is happening out there in the United States? Mr. America, comment. America. America. That's, that's all I got. Freedom, baby. Actor and activist James Cromwell temporarily shut down a Manhattan Starbucks. A Manhattan Starbucks? That would be like whipping an African boy in order to fight against slavery. You know what I mean? You're punishing the people who are on your side here. Actor and activist James Cromwell temporarily shut down a Manhattan Starbucks on Tuesday by protesting the coffee company's upcharge on dairy milk alternatives. And he did it. I'm I'm just glad that some activists are out there tackling the big issues. You know what I mean? Look, we've got Ukraine, we've got disinformation, we've got war in, you know, in parts of the world, we've got famine, we've got a shipping crisis, a gas pri- a crisis, price crisis. There's so many fucking crises you can barely keep track of them all. An immigration crisis, a COVID crisis. Actor and activist James Cromwell decides to superglue himself to a Starbucks countertop <laughs> to protest against literally... The most, the most old man protest you can imagine. He's protesting the price of milk. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank you so much. He's, he's got a good noble cause, all right? A we we do need to thank him. Yeah, that's right. He did, it. <laughs> he did it by gluing his hand to the barista counter as he read aloud a list of grievances. Good, he's got a list. That's <laughs> good. Can we just have them all listed out, please, Mr. Cromwell? More than 13,000 customers have asked you. Now we're asking, will you stop charging more for vegan milk? 
when will you stop raking in huge profits? I, th I mean, look at this. They're milking the vegans in an ironic fucking capitalist twist. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you stop charging for vegan milk? When will you stop raking in huge profits while customers, animals, and the environment suffer? Well, everyone's suffering, James. Grow up. He said in a live broadcast posted on social media, which we do have, I'm pleased to report we've got the live broadcast, and presumably interim chief Howard Schultz and the dairy industry, when will you stop penalising people for their ethnicity and their morals? <laughs> the senseless upcharge hurts animals. Okay, so it's also racist to drink milk. Let's have a look. I want to hear what he says. I... Well, I hate it when they put that music over the top. I want to hear what he's saying. Come on. Environment suffering. Okay. Oh, man. Isn't it good? When will you stop charging us more for vegan milk? He's, he's actually... Come on, man. He's an actor. Can you not remember the fucking lines? Bro. And could they pull the... the, the the words there, the closed captioning, could they pull that down a little bit? I don't like seeing his fupa like that. <laughs> when will you stop charging us more for vegan milk? Good question. When will you stop raking in huge profits while customers, animals, and the environment Line. suffer? When will you stop penalizing people for their ethnicity or their morals? What? The sense... <laughs> you just kind of squeezed that one Do in they? there, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't, like, if you go through the drive-thru at Starbucks and they don't have a camera attached, which most of them don't, yeah. do they ask you what your ethnicity is to figure out how much of a surcharge they're going to add to your to your vegan milk? That's a very good question. I would personally charge the Asians more because because I imagine they, they have more, more money. Fluid. That's right. Yeah. And look, you they mostly, to. well, they mostly eat fish too. So that's very kind of, um, you know, that's environmentally friendly. If you eat one fish and a cup of rice per day, you're not really consuming more than you, uh, you know, less than you produce, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, we can tolerate that. So, yeah, look to the Asian, look to the North Koreans. We mentioned them earlier in the show. They've got the right idea. One, one or two rats a day and that'll do you. To, to combat him on his protest here, um, I got a question for you, Boogie. Yeah. What is the similarity between a vegan, yeah. a libertarian, yeah. and uh, somebody who does CrossFit? I don't well, know. You're gonna you're gonna find out real quick that they're whatever which whichever those categories they are, and they're gonna annoy the fuck out of you. <laughs> so the surcharge for vegan options is just because the the fucking baristas have to put up with your bitch-ass veganism and your snobbiness because you're a vegan hey, i don't i don't fault them for wanting to to collect on that you want to be a little smug asshole for being a vegan yep. i'm gonna be a, you gotta put up with my smug ass for being a libertarian yeah. you might as well have to pay for it you know well i mean again let's flip flop back to the you know the kind of moral standpoint that people like james cromwell had a few weeks ago and say hey starbucks private company bro <laughs> right if, if you want cheaper vegan milk, start your own Starbucks. Why don't you start your own Starbucks if you don't like it? Private company. And we will we will be as mean to minorities as we see fit in Starbucks. Thank you very much. The proud white supremacist company known as Starbucks in Manhattan, New York. Okay. Senseless upcharge hurts animals. Okay. Oh, my God. 
Now, okay, now this is a liberal protest. She said cows don't want to be separated from their babies just like us. Now, I would argue in the last couple of weeks we have, to, we have come to a situation where that is not necessarily true. I think a lot of people are really looking forward to the opportunity of being separated from their babies. <laughs> Isn't yes, that I what people say, are angry these are about? Not parents. No. These are not parents at all because... You know, my my kids are both gone right now yeah. from the house, and I can say I live in peace right now. That's I'm lovely. in my own little serenity, little bubble. Yeah. I'm gonna hang out and do what I want to do. You don't get that when you're stuck with this. But the I sleep in a Starbucks, racing car bed. I love, huh? I sleep in a racing car bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the more bucks for Starbucks, a fantastic line. I love that. I'm going to go into Starbucks and be like, more bucks for Starbucks and drop a dollar in their tip jar. And ah, that's beautiful. That I love nice. it. nice. I do like a slogan. Well, they can't move. Well, then we're going to be getting them removed. We're going to have to have somebody come remove them, and then they'll, unfortunately, they cannot be doing that. So in the meantime, you guys go outside, and then we'll get somebody here to remove them. After police asked protesters to disperse, I, I'm glad that uh, Cromwell brought up the racial issue because you see here, we're obviously dealing with a couple of very entitled white people, <laughs> clearly. You know? so, thank you for talking about the privilege in Manhattan. It's actually, there's a black girl serving the coffee. Cromwell has glued himself to the counter at Starbucks and talked about when are you going to stop being mean to minorities whilst the very rich white people are holding signs stopping the black girl from doing her job at Starbucks. It's a fucking beautiful. I just love when the universe devours itself. You know what I mean? I think that these are these are also people that are cisgendered and they're also heterosexual. Yeah. So they're quote unquote by by society standards, the quote unquote normal. Oh, um, but they would also <laughs> like to speak on the LGBT community and Please. speak for them as well. Yeah. So it's you know these are these are the people you got to listen to they have no disinformation whatsoever right. they've spoken to all the people and can speak for the people that's right they know what they're doing they're the that's experts incredible. yeah good stuff have somebody come remove them and then they'll unfortunately they cannot be doing that so go outside meantime, take it outside, outside ladies we'll take it outside after police asked protesters to disperse, Cromwell and another man freed themselves from the counter and went outside as well. So it wasn't even a real protest because he super glued himself mm. to the counter and then unglued himself. Well, then it wasn't technically it wasn't glued, was it? And that's a skill, right? Because I can't use super glue without super gluing myself to myself. Yeah. So uh, bravo to James on that one. Yeah, fucking congratulations. The man's a magician, multi-talented, multifaceted James Cromwell. There you go. He's a man of many talents. I tell you what, we'll do this other story anyway, because fuck it, why not? Aussies could be charged a fee every time they drive into the CBD. Let's have a look. Fancy being charged a fee every single time you drive into our CBD. <laughs> How do you fancy that? As a libertarian, comment, Mr. America, be the truth. What do you I couldn't understand beyond the Australian accent, but what I did decipher... <laughs> You know, it's so I've I've long had this stance that legislation is slowly trying to bring people to live within uh, within the cities and keep 
roll yes. people down and away. Yep. And so this is just that. You want to extract the value from rural people to the city living people. And the only people that are really going to genuinely be doing that is either city people that are working in rural areas, which is less common than rural people live working in the cities. So it's a way to, to consolidate that money as much as possible. So bravo government for, for looking to just bind everyone up together so that way COVID can be more disastrous uh, when it comes back because it's more of endemic than pandemic. There you go. It's funny you mention up the land issue because I, I wonder if you face similar challenges in the United States or in different parts of the United States that we do here. So I, I technically live in Sydney. However, I'm like right on the edge, like the outer fringe, right? What they would call like the <laughs> outer west. So out here, it's kind of like semi-rural at the same time. Like You've got suburbia, you've got like industrial areas, like factories and shit, and then you've got like farms, you know, and it's all kind of in the same kind of mix. So I was just, I was in the car the other day with my wife and we drove past this big, a huge area of land and it's all gated up and it's got a big sign on the front and it says New South Wales government private property. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? How can- <laughs> How can the government? How can the government have private property? I don't understand. I thought we have private property, and you have public property. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? But anyway, there's a big gate and a big padlock and chain on the front gate, and this sign: New South Wales government pub, uh, private property trespassers will be prosecuted. And I said, look at this shit. And my wife says, oh, what are you? What's he fucking whinging about now? I got of attitude. And I said, well. This is the problem. We lock up these huge sections of land. We cram everybody in. There's 5 million people who live in this city, right? It's a fucking busy place. We cram people into these suburban areas, make them live on top of one another, and we start building shoeboxes that go up into the sky because we we tell ourselves that spreading too far and having too much room, that's bad for the environment. That's how stupid we are. We think that spreading people out is bad for the environment. You know, once upon a time, we thought spreading people out was better for the environment because why? There's less of an impact in the direct areas where the people are. You know, you can live in a, a bit more of a balance with the environment. When you when you put like a couple of million people in one place at one time, that's terrible for the That's where all the pollution comes from, right? So that's hideous yeah. for the environment. But anyway, we lock up these huge sections of land. We call it government private property, which I didn't think could you know exist as a concept yeah right and then the land value goes through the roof so when they eventually sell that land off in 10 years 20 years 30 years from now it's worth three times as much they get three times as much tax from it meanwhile they're shoveling more and more people in and the demand keeps the property prices the land prices going up they've basically become you know the mcdonald's of government they're just going to buy up all the real estate and, and watch the money come rolling in. So congratulations to the government. And I wonder, do you have similar things going on over there or or is it just BlackRock doing uh, it? <laughs> no, we've got... So thankfully, um, while the police agencies will try to consider public property, yep. i.e. like businesses and stuff like that they'll try to consider those to be private like a courthouse and all that but you know we have um people kind of safeguarding that in in different capacities safeguarding democracy that's good yeah like it yeah safeguard yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and um but we do have like that principle or that idea that you know we do have the private organizations that come up and buy up all this land um you know as as we're looking at the economy right now I don't know if you guys have an entity like the Federal Reserve, but we do. 
I was, I was, so I was naive and thinking, you know, I'm just going to wait for the housing market to crash and I'm going to go buy a house. And then I realized, uh, because they did it, that as soon as, uh, you know, that market comes into questionable territory, they're going to ensure that the upper 1% is going to be able to get that from us. So they're going to have, they raise the interest rates. So it's going to be a cash market only. So no one's going to be able to move out. They're going to buy this land for cheap. Yep no interest rates they're gonna buy it up they're gonna collect it and then as the economy booms they're gonna be able to sell it in the same way that you were talking about um and when they buy up those large swaths of land they will sell it back to the government um for different projects and entities and and of course it's all these pet projects and everything else so we have it just in a more capitalist way wherein instead of it being uh the government buying it up it's it's people who have no benefit friends or with use with that property <laughs> it's yeah. not the government it's the friends of the government instead which is a nice thought private company bro so not much you can do about it that's the confidential yeah. plan being cooked up by the state government a, a confidential plan being cooked up with documents leaked to nine news showing a congestion tax congestion tax the, the idea of a congestion tax i find fascinating jason because here we are we move the poor, low-paid low employees out into the suburbs, right? We get them out of the city. Then we make sure that the majority <laughs> of the businesses are in the city. We then force the low-paid employees to travel into the city in order to make the money for them to go back to their low-paid lifestyle. They need to come into the city and serve us at the clothing stores and at the coffee shops and at the Starbucks and whatnot. And then we send them back in. So now we're going to actually tax them for the privilege of coming into the city to serve us coffee. Isn't that fucking nice, huh? Well done, everyone. So beautiful. And and with it being called the congestion tax, does that mean that during allergy season, you might have to pay a little bit more? Oh, no. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> the congestion tax. Well, happily, good news, everyone. Thanks to the COVID pandemic, every tax is a congestion tax. Every day's congestion day. Well done. Cards. Let's have a look at the The Perrottet reason. government has a proposal to slug Sydney drivers a congestion... Uh, and by the way, yes, you, you are correct. This is a quote-unquote conservative government. Conservative government I'm, here I'm in New South Wales. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit triggered by this video already, and I, I think it needs to be addressed for every good red-blooded American out there. Um, why haven't you shot them the right yet? The road. Why haven't you? Why aren't you shooting anyone yet? I think that's the American <laughs> response, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Where's the drive-bys? Like, yeah. what'd you guys go to school for? Learning? Like crazy. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Congestion tax to travel into the city. Okay. And this document proves it right. in black and white. This is a dynamite Ooh. document at the moment. It says a congestion charge for Sydney. The report prepared for the New South Wales Cabinet says currently road users do not pay the true costs of driving. <laughs> Charlie. Uh Look, and this this is the beautiful part about this. So you mean we're going to be selling the roads then? That's what we're doing now. We're selling off the roads, okay? Charging for road use at certain locations yep. or times yep. can encourage customers to choose other options. <laughs> Don't drive during rush hour. Don't drive when you get off of work. Just hang out at work, give them a couple more hours, save up a little bit more money. Oh. Serve us a little more coffee, and then you could be on your way. 
And it's just, you know, the great... We've we've spoken about Orwell already tonight. And people know that I'm loath to use, like, the kind of cliched Orwell lines. But you really do need to go back and read an essay of his called Politics in the English Language. Because it's even kind of 60, 70 years later, however later it is, uh, it spells all of this shit out. Look at this. In their 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 press conference, their language, they propagandize every sentence. Every word of every sentence is thought of and uh, you know manipulated and molded. No, no. What we're doing is we're encouraging customers to choose other options. Now, what I would say is we're going to you know financially punish people for traveling into the city. That would be the accurate way to describe what this is. Yes. Okay. It's a congestion tax. So we're going to financially punish you if you travel on this road at this time. And somebody, you know, in the government, and we love the government here on the show, clearly, somebody in the government says, look, if we word it that way, it may be a little bit harsh. Okay. But sir, it's the truth. No, there's the truth and the truth, right? So how about yeah. this? We're Instead of punishing financially people who travel on a road at a certain time. Why don't we word it, we'll encourage customers to choose other options. Well done, sir. Mm. That's done. where that's where yeah. people in politics make their money is by doing stuff like that. Not what they actually do, but how they get you to think about it. Yeah, you know, back to the Ministry of Truth guy. But um, yeah. it's also important, like, whenever we talk about taxes, that I've, I see every tax as a sin tax when it comes from the government. And that is, you're, you should be discouraged from doing this to any means beyond what is necessary to live. Because, of course, we have, like, an income tax, or we have a sales tax. So don't buy in excess, don't live in excess, don't work in excess, don't, um, don't breathe in excess. Don't, don't listen do to in excess. excess. So don't drive in excess is what the Australian government is saying. Don't 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 go out there and, and leave work. Don't come into work when everyone else is coming into work. You gotta be different. You gotta be a free will in this and, and do it when it's a little less congested. Yeah. Care Just, for other people. Love one another. That's right. <laughs> Trust the science. <laughs> Which means a congestion tax. Just like London. They right. can't afford to pay a cent more, let alone a congestion charge, every time they enter the Sydney CBD. Okay. In the UK. Now, the, the irony there is, now you would think, okay, that's fair enough. Now, this guy is from the left-wing party who is in opposition. The left-wing party, the last time they were running the state, they literally sold off private roads to private uh, public roads to private companies, believe it or not. And this was the left-wing party. They called them private-public partnerships at the time. So the government went into partnership with a private company who built a tunnel in a certain part of Sydney called Lane Cove, right? They built the Lane Cove tunnel and above the tunnel, there was a public road that was free to use that was three lanes either way, right? Lane Cove Road. They reduced the amount of lanes on Lane Cove Road, I swear to God, from six to two. So you had one lane going either way. Then they opened the tunnel underneath it and put two lanes going either way. So instead of a six-lane free road up on top, you had two-lane free road up on top, four-lane paid tunnel underneath. And so they were funneling the fucking traffic into this tunnel and then charging them for the privilege. That was the left-wing government, the last one. That was what they did. And now here they are. Obviously, the Conservatives are doing a terrible fucking job as well. No one's denying that. But here they are coming out saying, look, this is ridiculous trying to charge people to travel into the city. It's like, hang on, mate. You did it 15 years ago. You did it already. That's where they got the idea from, you fuck. Oh, 
But well, they, you know, their buddies wouldn't be making as much money if people were discouraged from driving on those th those together. roads. So we got to protect, protect the plan. Yes, yeah, trust the science. They can't afford. They can't afford another penny because we've extracted another dollar fifty from them. They don't have a dollar fifty one and. How dare you guys try to take this from them? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's the Minister Minister of Fun in the chat. Yes, he did miss the NXS joke, didn't he? I was very disappointed. I was nearly going to back it up with another one, and I thought, no, I'll just let it sit there. Maybe he'll get it later. Who knows? <laughs> More, let alone a congestion charge every time they enter the Sydney CBD. In the UK, drivers pay a $25 daily fee to drive within 25 <laughs> square kilometres of London City. Oh. $25 a day! Holy shit! I've said before on this show that Sydney is a very fucking expensive place to live, and it's in large part because of shit like this. Using that you know. same radius in Sydney, the area would be from Glebe and Camperdown in the west to Rushcutters Bay and Centennial Park Jesus. in the east, and Circular Quay to Redfern and Waterloo. <laughs> Drivers would be charged through a ring of cameras between 7am and 6pm Monday to Friday. <laughs> wow. Wow. Let's just cover the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> and... Don't worry, it's only $125 if you go five times. Yeah. So $125 Australian, that would work out to be, I guess, around like sort of $85, $90 US, something like that a week for the privilege of driving what's your, around. What's your minimum wage? Minimum wage is, I think it's around 15, 16, something like that. Maybe 15 bucks. So if we go round number with a 15, yep. you know, working 40 hours a week, mm. that's what, 60, $600 a week. Yeah. You're paying a quarter of that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, mind you, you've also got to balance in. So let's say you're renting an apartment in a shitty, you're renting an apartment way out west because it's the cheapest you can get. The apartment might be 300, 350 bucks a week, a shitty one bedroom in a shitty neighborhood, right? Because Sydney's very expensive. And so you, 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 you're living in your shitty apartment for 300 a week. You're traveling, you're having to pay the congestion tax to go and work at Starbucks in the city, right? $125 a week. Mind you, now 80 to $90 might not sound much to, you know, in American money. But at the same time, a happy meal here, like a, a good comparison, at McDonald's, a happy meal here is like 10 bucks. <laughs> Whereas in the States, I think it's like $2, isn't it? Or $3 for something uh, like that? It's like five. Five bucks. So yeah, it's, everything's more expensive here. So yeah. yeah, but you know what? A ring of cameras set up around the city, that'll... <laughs> That's a good, good idea. Good decision, sir. 7 a.m. to and 6 no p.m. surveillance. Yeah. No surveillance with that either. Don't worry. We're just we're looking around you, not at you. Yeah, we're gonna. We need to. We need to set up the surveillance to pay for the surveillance. If you follow me, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and midday mm. to six p.m. on weekends. weekends. The whole too. idea is to get people out of their cars and onto push bikes. But with that Johnson and Johnson, you know, you might get some blood clots for, uh, and send that straight look, to your heart. Don't worry though, we've got your best intentions at heart. Look, man, if if you're not from Sydney, you probably won't get it. But they've tried this push bike fucking thing here for years. Let me tell you, like about 10, 15 years ago, Jason, they they ripped out a lot of uh, lanes of 
you know, traffic lanes in the city in the CBD, and they started building bike lanes instead. And in the first six months, there were so many stories of bikers, you know, riding because you pull out of a driveway, you can't see the bike lane, right? It's just right there, right next to the footpath. Yeah. So repeatedly, there would be trucks backing out of driveways and people coming out of parking lots in the CBD and these push bike riders just getting fucking cleaned up because you can't see them coming. So ever since then, ever since that PR mess, they've been trying to get more and more people to ride push bikes. And clearly Sydney is set up for push bikes. Look how this man is having to push his bike up a set of stairs. <laughs> like... Look at the joys of bringing a bike to the city. You've got to fucking carry it upstairs all day. <laughs> what a shot. Don't you love it? Oh. Ridiculous situation where people will be on their bicycles heading down the M2 because it's ride to work day because of congestion charging and a lack of public transport. Ride to work day. The government's going to have ride to work day. Mm, I don't know if I'm a fan of ride to work day. Well, we're going to charge you if you don't ride to work. Okay, I like ride to work. You know, everybody loves ride to work day. Congratulations, <laughs> everyone. The oh, man. Potential future transport strategy is branded sensitive New South Wales cabinet, not for further distribution. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Then how did we get our hot little hands on it, I ask? How did it, it, mm. how did it end up here? But all 163 pages of it have been leaked to Nine News. See, look, and again, government department, ladies and gentlemen. 163 pages of it have been leaked. Our customers. <laughs> Our customers. Customers? You don't have customers. You're a government Our department. Yes. Yeah. Our serfs. Our peasants. To Nine News. If we want to encourage people in the short term to come back into the CBD, yeah. uh, because we know that the CBD is struggling, yeah. uh, maybe in the short term this is not the best idea. Right. This classified government... Very strong opinion there, clearly. From the if I could. <laughs> yes. On So New York was struggling with this as well. And it's this idea that if we just tax people more, they'll come back to us. Yes. I don't know how governments come to this conclusion, but there's a reason why Andrew Cuomo was yelling at Florida, the entire state was like, you're stealing my people. I'm just trying to tax them more. They don't, you guys are taking them. And it's just like, yeah, nobody likes to have more of their stuff taken from them at the threat of violence. Like no. nobody likes that. No. So. People don't like me, it. Me. They like to they like to demand others give more, but they themselves do not yes. want to be part of that group. And like I've I've always said, you know, we've had these discussions before when we've done political shows in the past, right? Like mm -hmm. the problem is a, a, a pure libertarian will probably never get elected. And the reason is it's very difficult to convince people that they should stop getting what they're getting, you know? Um, yeah. everyone wants less government spending until you know the calculator gets turned to them. And it's like, well, don't take my stuff. Take that guy's stuff. I need my government money. He Take his. He shouldn't have his. And those are the arguments we're reduced to. Both sides are, are willing to hand over taxpayer money, hand over fist, right? But the argument yes. is between which group is getting it. Now, you're either on the side of give all the money to the illegal immigrants, right? Or you're on the side of give all the money to the fucking CEOs, one or the other. Like, which, which do you prefer? Choose your poison kind of thing. Yeah, and and since our two-year uh, little gap between the last time we got to hang out and talk about this stuff, we actually had 200 libertarians get elected in this last election in 2020. There you go. Or 2022, sorry. Yeah. No, 2021. 
There we go. I can't even get my year straight. So 200 libertarians at the grassroots level, they finally figured out, hey, maybe we should stop shooting for president so hard. Maybe we start shooting for yes. the for the city councils and the county councils. Exactly. So hopefully in time, we'll show like libertarian philosophy works at the local level and then expand up to eventually taking over the country and send people free. I like it, man. I like it. And you know what? That might be a great note to end on tonight. Um, anything else? Do you want to plug? Are you doing something or what's going on in, yeah. in your world? So uh, um, I've actually got a show coming up in about 27 minutes over on Muddy Waters Media. We're oh, wow. everywhere. And I really everywhere. I really kept you fucking occupied all through your prep time, didn't I? I didn't know that was a you were doing something. <laughs> Would have got no, out of here an hour fine. ago. Um, I don't prep for my shows, um, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're still really good. So if you guys are looking to find more of me and you guys will see me over there, it's uh, Muddied Waters Media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Float and Odyssey. All the places. Um, we're also. Yeah, all of the places. Um, got a good show tonight talking about uniting with unlikely allies and everything else. Um, but you guys can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bearded Truth. But Mr. Boogie Bumper, it was an absolute pleasure to hang out with you tonight. I love you so much. I'm so glad to, to hear your was accent in my earbuds again. <laughs> good on you. Now the pleasure was all ours. So we'll do it again sometime, hey? What do you reckon? Yes, sir. I would Absolutely. love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for our guest tonight, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. There he goes. And he's going to be on in around 27 minutes from now. So go have a look on Twitter and uh, check out our mate. We first locked horns, I think, on some kind of, on a stream maybe fucking five or six years ago, thereabouts. That's when we first met. So it's a long time going back, kicking it with Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. So... Thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. I do appreciate you. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay calm. Stay rational. Don't forget to follow our friends. You know all of our friends. Uh, Irrational Times is probably on. Mr. America, Bit of Truth is going to be on in 27 minutes. Coffee Talk with Sandra. Minister, don't forget to Kimmy Show. going to Kimmy Show. And we're going to make a Kimmy Show. Later tonight, you'll, be, uh, you'll probably have James R. I'm doing Pirate Radio. He still does Pirate Radio, doesn't he? Somebody tweeted at me last week about Pirate Radio, so I assume it's still going. Uh, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, Winning TV, Victor Von Shroom, JJ, uh, the ROTC boys, Tip of the Hat, Frozen Asian, ladies and gentlemen. Have I forgotten anyone? I always forget one or two people. The Rice, don't forget the Rice Man, double four, double three, the Rice Man. Uh, Coffee Talk Sandra, I think I said, uh, you know all the people, so just follow them, okay, and let's stop fucking around. Let's stop playing with each other, okay? Just go and follow the people you need to follow. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.